Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast with your ever-faithful hosts, Joel McDonald, that is me, and as always, my very, very good friend and co-host, Kyron Morrison. How are you doing, good sir? Uh, pretty good, despite the fact that we are now knee-deep in Christmas, and there's no oh, yeah. escaping now, much like the qui- much like quicksand, it is sucking us all in to our inevitable doom, but it's oh, fine. Yeah. It's officially the 1st of December today, so it is. it's official, officially Christmas. So fucking get hyped for that. Even though it's really been Christmas since September, it's officially Christmas oh, time yeah. now. Everyone's like, I can put my tree up today. And I'm like, meh. I'm more excited because that means it's almost my birthday. But then I'm not excited because it means I'm 30. So Try to think that. about it. I recommend well, not I'm thinking about it. That's yeah. that's how I've been dealing with I'm, being 30. Yeah, that's true. I'm thinking about the plus sides of, of it being my birthday. And not the age yep. that I will be. Yeah, so that's, that's fair. That's how I'm looking at it. There has to be positives. Um, <laughs> but uh, look, we're out of the the, the crazy times that is uh, October and even November to an extent uh, for game releases. Um, so Speak for yourself. Bit, well, well, look, you you've had one big one that we'll you bring up next week when you've had more time with it. But um, yeah, for me, it's sort of like starting to sort of all right, cool. Let's let's mop up a few extras and. Uh, Get on the uh, uh, the ones that were on the back burner, back on that that front burner again, and uh, finish them off. So I think we should talk about what we've been playing this week, don't you? I think it's a pretty good idea. So maybe we should uh, jump right into it. So there's one game that we've both played this week that kind of fucked us up a little bit. Kind of. Mm, yeah. Look, I'm underselling it slightly. Uh but we might leave that one till last so we can both uh, jump in on that one. Um, but Karen, I would love for you to tell me about Middle Earth Shadow of War. <laughs> yes, I, I I purchased it after yep. much umming and ahhing because the Black Friday sale, the price was so good, I couldn't say no to it. And yep. you know what? Like, despite the bad story that I'm so far had to sit through, and the looming threat that is microtransactions every time i open the menu and see the marketplace option mm. the game itself against all odds continues to be fun and it's it's because the heavy lifting is all being done by the nemesis system again just of course yeah so just i'll set it up i'll set up how, how as best i can how to describe the start of this game so talion talion yeah the, the ranger yep, right. from the first one, who is dead, but also bound to Celebrimbor, the wraith, so he's sort of undead, immortal, slash when he dies, he doesn't die. So, <laughs> question mark? <laughs> question mark? So the, the game starts with those two inside Mount Doom, forging a new ring of power, because, hey, if there's one way that Tolkien thought you'd be able to defeat Sauron, it was definitely with another ring of power. And using that as a plot device definitely isn't missing the point of Tolkien's story. It's fine. No, Don't even worry no, about it. Kyron, it's fight fire with fire, or in this case, fight a ring of power with a ring of power. Yeah. That makes sense. Do you know how you stop power? You use your own power to beat that power. No, that's War not power. what Tolkien was saying. Mm. Anyway. So that sucks. That is terrible. Whatever. Right. Bad premise. Yep. But it gets it somehow gets more frustrating because... You, it then jumps forward, I guess, and you're trying... Because, like, when you make the ring, Calibrimbor gets separated from Talion. You're like, oh, that's weird. And then, of course, he goes to try and find him. 
And it leads him to Shelob's lair, where he is being held. <laughs> and I, okay, time may have passed, I can't say for sure, but I like to imagine that it's been minutes since they've made the ring. And Shelob's like, yeah, you can, oh, after she reveals herself as a beautiful lady, by the way, which again, okay, yep, sure, I still think it would have been more interesting for Talion to have been allied with a giant spider, but whatever. Yeah. What do I know? Yeah. What do I know? I mean, she can be I mean beauty. me me personally, no. No, not at all. But, you know... You, in it the would be more interesting, Joel, even if you don't like spiders. Like, that is oh, an yeah. interesting concept. In the grand scheme of things, much more interesting. Infinitely more interesting. Than Beautiful Lady. Which, again, is fine. It's just... I wish she was a spider, because, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a missed opportunity there. But anyway, so Shelob has got Celebrimbor, and she's basically like, hey, you want Celebrimbor back? Give me your ring of power. And, oh, of course, okay. yep. Talion does it. And Celebrimbor's like, are you kidding me? We just made that. We just made that ring of power to beat Sauron, and you give it to Shelob immediately. How and fucking convenient. I know, so the story basically unfolds from there. Uh, I've since gotten the ring back, so it's fine. Now I can dominate Urukai and build my army. But that little patch of time, Talion's just so reliant on Sheila. Like after, so basically, she gives you visions when you go see her to sort of let you see upcoming events. And basically, after every story mission before you take the ring and actually move the story forward, Talion's like, oh, "Better go see Sheila. I need some more of those visions." I'm like, "Are you hooked? Are you hooked Whoa. on visions?" <laughs> is this like a new drug? Man, I've got to give you some, give some of them visions. Of that sweet visions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's. Look, narratively, the game, in my opinion, is not great out the gate. I don't think uh, you're alone in that, to be honest. No, no, I don't think I am. But I, I have seen some people defend it. And I have to say, despite my complaints, it is very cool to see someone attempting an original story in Middle-earth, because, I mean, let's be honest, we have the books, which Tolkien yep. wrote, the appendices and all the side stories, but apart from that, we've got films and movies about the Lord of the Rings book and the Hobbit book, and they're great, but there's a lot of potential there that has forever gone untapped, and we might see that changing with other mediums as well, now that Christopher Tolkien has stepped away from the estate. Right. Who knows? That's a whole different kettle of fish that, who, that we, I can't possibly predict. But it is cool to sort of... So like the best best example I can think of is in the later stages of the Lord of the Rings series, uh, you get to... Especially in the movies, I guess, is the best way to put it. Because in the books, it's described. But in the movies, the visual representation is stellar for Minas Morgul, which is the fortress that the Witch King rules from and attacks from and launches his armies from. Okay. And the cool thing about Battle for Middle-earth is you get to see that before he has it. And you the story essentially like shows you how he comes to have that. Which again, okay. is, cool. it's a cool thing that I'm like, it's nice. It's nice to have something sort of different. So I yeah. think, I'm trying to remember its name. I think it's Minus... Ifil? Oh, I might be... Yeah, yeah, minus Ifil. I was right. And the, the... So you spend the first part of the game there, and it's just Urukai's attacking the city. It's all pretty humdrum. You're like, you know the city is falling, so you're kind of tuned out until you get through it. But just going through that, that, that process is still cool. 
and eventually it happens and the tower shoots its green beam into the sky and you're like yeah minas morgul much cooler than minas ithil also the witch king is here which i'm also cool with uh, <laughs> it's just lots of little things like that that make me have hope that even if the, the overarching story of this game is garbage the the way it sort of allows you to explore previously un unexplored areas i guess in middle earth is okay. is enticing and again as i said the nemesis system is great i've met so many cool urukai captains i found one that is a bard so whenever you engage with him you clash swords and he sings to you and it's just like <laughs> oh, i can dominate urukai and basically make make them my buddies now the second I can leave my current zone, I'm going back there and I'm turning him to my side because I want to promote him to the top of the ranks. He is my favorite. <laughs> uh, what else has there been? There, I met Bruz from the E3 trailer last night. Yes. That was cool. He's he's chipper, and he just his personality is amazing, and I love him. Uh, I haven't seen much more beyond what was shown at E3 yet, so maybe it'll change. But I don't see it. The guy's just so charming. Yeah, he was definitely but, something for me that was like, okay, cool, all right, this game looks like it's not taking itself so seriously in some aspects, which is a good thing, I guess. Yeah. I still am not convinced, again, about the end game of a the story. There's sort of like a subplot. Do you remember Assassin's Creed 2 at all, Joel? Do you remember the little puzzles you did to unlock, like, split, like, chunks of video? Oh, yep, yep, yeah. I do, yes. So you would do a, a puzzle and get, like, a split second of footage and yep. if you got it more at the end you would get a, a scene this sort of has that same thing okay so you do it they're, they're called shelob memories and you go to the specified location when you because you basically capture towers of course because it's a broad game and that's just how it is yep and you sort of use the tower to look around the world map and you'll like be able to spot uh, collectibles and stuff and one of the collectibles is a shelob memory you go to that point and you sort of go down into a shattered photo, I guess, as the spider, and you've got to sort of rotate the camera until it aligns into a rectangle picture, and you get a little scene. I have only gotten a handful, but it seems to allude to Shelob and Sauron as at least talking but in human forms, and I'm worried about where it's going to go from there. I've got no clue, but I'm like, ah. Just don't oh, set these two up as a as a thing, okay? Just don't do that. That's all I ask. Hey, if you're going to do fan fiction, you might as well go the whole hog for it. I do not ship Shelob and Sauron. <laughs> uh, that's cool, though. But like, yeah. The Nemesis system seems to be like the thing that's the saving grace of that. And it, it is, it's bonkers that no one has like adapted that into their own game. I don't know if, if like Warner Brothers has some sort of crazy patent on that system or... Or it, like, but even Warner Brothers haven't used it. Like, it, yeah, that's yeah, the thing. It's baffling. I, that that Mad Max game that I love so much, like, that would have been awesome with a Nemesis system in it, and it would have made sense as well. Like, yeah, but, because mm. all the things I loved about, about the Nemesis system are back in this. As I said, there's really cool Urukai. I found myself like I've been sneaking into camps to achieve goals or find items and stuff, and honestly. I've been ambushed a bunch by captains. They're like, hey, yeah, set you a trap in here. And I was just like, what? You set a trap? Did you really? Or is it, it okay, guess I'm fighting you now. And 
I've had Urukai captains that I've killed and gone, excellent, that guy's dead. And like an hour later, they'll ambush me later and go, by the way, I didn't die. I lost an eye and I'm really mad. I'm like, whoa, hey, I remember you. I just killed you, but apparently you survived. (laughs) And it's just, it's the little things like that that make me have hope. Even if the story is garbage, the game, part of the game is really good. I'm just worried about the, the grindy road to the true ending that I've heard about, but it wants you to use microtransactions and I don't want to do that, but I do want to see the true ending. So it's tough. It's tough. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, worst case scenario, you can just look it up on YouTube. Someone else has done the hard work for you. Yeah, but because I'm, I'm stupid, I'm probably going to go for the platinum in this because I got the platinum <laughs> in the first one, so may as well do the second one. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. I just, I'm worried that the final boss is going to be Sauron and I'm going to hate it. Well, if he's in the game already, like in those little memories, then... Uh, okay. Oh yeah, he's in the game and I, I've seen him in his armor, so I, I assume I'm going to fight him at the end. The Platinum Trophy seems to allude to it not being the end of the series, so I assume there'll be a third game. But yeah, I, I'm nervous about having to fight him because it'll just make me furious. <laughs> I would love to watch that. Can we can we set up a face cam for you? I don't even care what's going <laughs> on on screen. I just want to see you, your facial expressions, and just being like, what the fuck? Are you, are you fucking serious? Oh, God You should it. have seen me getting mad at so much of your early story stuff, just going, really, Talion? How dumb are you? And then Keller Brimbor basically just being like, no, we need to get this. Forget the fate of the humans there. And I'm like, you were Tally in the whole first game. You know how he is. How do you not get this yet? Oh, both of his characters are so stupid. But then I then I cut Anurakai's head off and I'm like, ah, whatever, this game's fine. <laughs> just forget the cutscenes. Ignore them. Just like tune out for like the couple of minutes in between. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But awesome. uh, yeah, that's that's. Um, I'm not finished yet, so I'll probably have more to say on it in a few weeks when I've actually spent more time with it. But uh, yeah, apart from the big game I've been playing as well, what have you been playing, Joel? Uh, look, well, I've been playing something that um, that I'm not finished with quite yet as well. Um, I feel like I'm getting very close, but oh boy, I have some things to say, and all of them are good. Um, I've been playing Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. And Kyron, this game is so fucking good. I've been, actually, I've actually been back and forth messaging your housemate because we've both been playing it, and that, like we've at certain points we've been overtaking each other. Um, and I'll just be like, Brennan, Brennan, I need you to get to this part. I need to talk to you. I need to, you need to keep playing. And then he'll, like four hours later, I'll get a message just going, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, "I know, right?" It's just <laughs> been that the entire time. This game is batshit crazy. But it also has characters that I actually give a fuck about. It also has a storyline that is really interesting and a good continuation of the first story. And it also has a villain that... So the villain, the main villain is, like, terrifying. She's crazy. General Engel is just nuts. But it's easy to say that because, you know, she's a Nazi. She's not. She's like a pretty high, high-ranking Nazi as well. It's like okay, it's pretty easy to hate Nazis, right? But it's it's the fact some would say it's natural to hate Nazis. Exactly, like you know, if you if you if you don't hate Nazis, you're probably on the wrong side of history. So, um, but yeah, like the fact of the matter is, they, they sort of take it that next step further and say, all right, cool, everyone hates Nazis, we get it. But what can we do to make you specifically hate this person? 
and some of the stuff that happens is nuts like oh my god but uh i'll start at the beginning i guess like it's <laughs> mild spoilers here for wolfenstein which I, I mean if you are interested in playing the game you should probably tune out because there's so much awesome shit in this game that I, I'd, I'd, it'd be hard for me to talk about this game. I'd just be like, it's very good. And then we'd move on to the next section. But, um, so mild spoilers <laughs> now, if you, if you're interested in playing it, um, you told me yourself, you're probably not going to play it and you've been watching Brennan play it anyway. So yeah, I've been watching my housemate play it mostly again. I just got a hundred hour JRPG. And when, if, when I eventually finished that and it's January, we roll into Monster Hunter and Dragon Ball and all this other stuff. So I absolutely don't see myself playing this game. Yep, no, fair enough. Um, I wanted to make time for it because um, because I love. I I mean, I finished the New Order like earlier this year, and I loved it. It's it's so cool that it's it's a game that is filled with nost- nostalgia and like throwbacks to those like old style shooters uh, that are like super fast paced and the frame rate's always super high and it's it's like go 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 and action. Um, and it's more of that in in the new Colossus, absolutely. But there are some absolutely amazing moments of pacing where the the, the pace just stops and it's good. It gives you a time to a chance to breathe, but then also hold your breath again because the things that are happening are crazy. Um, but I mean, for starters, the game starts off like it picks up pretty much at the end. You get like a recap video of the first game to sort of catch you up to speed again. So if you didn't play the first uh like if you didn't play the new order you could still jump into this essentially and get a pretty good idea of where the story is going although i highly highly recommend playing the new order um it's it's dirt cheap to buy and it's just it's totally worth it i mean um, more more often than not it's it's the time rather than the price it's very true uh i totally understand that um it's uh, you can you can be like the first game's pretty like fairly linear like in fact it's mainly linear so you can sort of like blaze through it. It's pretty hard though, uh, and or you can those... watch this recap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can watch this recap. Um, but after that, basically at the end of the first game, you get like you you defeat uh, General Deathhead, and you get like, you basically give the call to blow up the building that he's in and like and blow up his uh, his fortress essentially with you inside it. So when I knew that when I found out they were making a second Wolfenstein. Uh, game in that storyline i was like huh okay how's how's this gonna work and basically yeah you just get blown up but they rescue you uh your team rescues you um you basically go to a coma for two years and you live in a nazi u-boat that you've that your team has commandeered um and then you wake up and you've basically you've basically lost like you're you're a paraplegic essentially like you can't like or quadriplegic you, you can still you still have some sort of movement but you're pretty fucked up um so the game starts and it throws you straight into the action like the the, the nazi u-boat you're on is being invaded um uh general Engels found where you are uh they've been tracking you somehow and basically a whole bunch of nazis are on this u-boat with you so um you you get out of bed and one of your team members says, "All right, cool." Pops you in a wheelchair, hands you a machine gun, and goes, "All right, let's do it." Um, so oh, actually, no, sorry. You, you get out of bed and you get into a wheelchair, and there's like a one of your team members is basically dying in the doorway, and so you take his gun. And so the first fifteen twenty minutes of the game, you're in a wheelchair, and it's 
it's nuts. Like, y- y- I will never forget the first time, like, because one of the other good things about the Wolfenstein, that these new Wolfenstein games is that you can dual wield. Um, and it's back in this one as well. Uh, the difference is that you can, you can combo dual wield now. So in the first one, it was like, you pick your weapon and you can either have one of them or two of them. And that's it. This one you could have, uh, in your left hand, you could have a, a an assault rifle and in your right hand, you could have a shotgun. And so you can combo dual wield. So like that, that's my basic setup now is, is I have assault rifle and shotgun. So I've got like range and like close up pain. And uh, so it opens like covering all, all bases. Exactly, yeah. So it's like, oh, cool. There's an enemy down the corridor. I can blast them with like. I mean, it's it's not as accurate as it would be at firing down the sights, but you know, it's the general idea. So I usually fire with that, and then when I get close enough, just blast more with the shotgun. Um, but yeah, so you're you're rolling around in a wheelchair, and it's really cool because the U boat it doesn't seem out of place. Uh, there's lots of conveyor belts that don't that it doesn't seem out of place in terms of being in that environment. So it's not like it's, oh, we've got this guy in his wheelchair. Oh, we better put all this stuff in so you can get around. It's like all this stuff is there solely for you to get around, but it's it makes sense in context of the game. Uh, the fact that you're on this U-boat. So like they'd have conveyor belts in a U-boat that would like sort of transport like uh, warheads and stuff and torpedoes along so because they're too heavy to carry and all that kind of shit. Um, so yeah, and you just, it, it's it's nuts. And from there, like, so many times I'm like, this game can't get any crazier than it it currently is. And it does. Every time. And it's just, there's some uh, uh, amazing set pieces. There's some, like I said before, some really great slowdown moments where it's like, um, like you go at one point, because uh, you're basically trying to liberate America because the storyline is, because uh, um, in the first game, Nazis won, basically. <laughs> Nazis won World War Two, and the world's fucked. Um, and it's continuing this one as well. They've, uh, invaded America and white America has essentially just said, all right, yeah, we're, we're part of this now. We, we, we accept. Um, and yeah, things are not good. So America has been completely taken over by Nazis. It's completely Nazi occupied USA. Um, and so it's basically you trying to like take back America, which is like, it's kind of the game we need right now. I know we're not American, but like, it's 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 like yeah, this all right, cool. All these people that are doing and saying and committing all these horrible horrible acts, um, and we're just we're just going around doing some murder on them, doing a whole bunch of murder. Um, but yeah, so there's one point where you've just left, I think Roswell, and you're on your way back to like your base, the the U boat. And you stop in at BJ Blazkowicz's uh, family home, uh, and in the start of the game, there's a cutscene uh, and a couple of like interactive cutscenes to do with BJ's childhood. Um, one that involves a dog. That's not fun. Um, it's not fun at all in the first like half an hour of the game. Uh, but yeah, so you go through his childhood home, and you basically see the relationship that he had with his father. And, like, it gives context as to why he went and joined, like, the army and and tried to fight for America. And it's brilliant. It's the writing in this game and and the storytelling in this game is so on point. And just absolute kudos to Machine Head Games. Machine Head, is it? Yeah, I think it's Machine Head, yeah. Machine Head? It's either Machine Games or Machine Head. I think it's Machine Um, Head Games, not Machine... Yeah, I think it's a full one. Full one. Um, 
So, like, full kudos to them, because this is a insanely fantastically crafted story, and to make you actually care about, in the first game and this one, like, to actually care and give context and and ha- make you feel emotions about this meathead American soldier that was just a face on your HUD in, like, Wolfenstein 3D is amazing. And it, it honestly, Brian Bloom's uh, voice acting as BJ is just awesome. There's some really great moments in it. Like, he talks to himself a lot at, uh, for, for, for certain reasons, and it's just all these lines are delivered perfectly. Um, but the supporting cast as well is just, oh boy, so many great characters there as well. Uh, Grace, the the fiery uh, uh, African American woman who's um, who basically got, uh, I think she tried, I think she got framed for for a murder, and then uh, her now like I guess life partner um, was her lawyer and got her out of jail, and um, yeah, she's she essentially takes command as like the your your I don't know commander-in-chief of of your ragtag group of enemy of uh of of friends and she's like your typical like because it's set in the 60s so it's like, she's like your typical 1960s sassy black woman a lot of motherfuckers and things like that like it's very very like stereotypical but in a good way i guess um it works in terms of the, the story uh and i love her she's so good anytime there's a scene with her it's fucking brilliant um then you've got a whole bunch of uh, returning characters like Fergus. Well, Fergus is in my game, depending on who you pick. Because um, in the first game, in the first hour or so, you have to basically sacrifice someone. Um, and then in this game, it's taken care of through a flashback. So you can pick... You can essentially retcon your entire first playthrough in terms of who was on your team and pick the other person. Um, but I couldn't because Fergus is so good. He's like the the Scottish foul-mouthed Scottish um, air pilot that is just the best, uh, who lost an arm in the first one and now has a mechanical arm that's trying to kill him. Um, and he's trying to get it under control, but it's just acting on its own. And it's very funny. There's been so many moments where I've laughed out loud at this game. Um, and then you've got, uh, you've even got, uh, I, I guess, a former Nazi as part of your ranks. Um You've got uh, General Engel's uh, daughter, uh, Sigrun Engel, who basically doesn't like what her mum's doing and in the first couple of hours goes against what her mother's doing and she ends up escaping with you and becomes a part of the team. Um, She just had a really great moment in in a cutscene because everyone, Grace especially, keeps referring to her as a Nazi and completely downplaying her. It's like, yeah, get the fuck out of here, you Nazi. We've got what you want out of you. You're a fucking Nazi. She's like, don't call me a Nazi. I'm not a Nazi anymore. I, I, I'm not a Nazi. Do not call me that. She's like, fuck it, whatever. Um, at one point, she just snapped and like put like got Grace in like a fucking choke slam choke, and was like, I, essentially, I, I, I will kill you if you don't say that I am not a Nazi. <laughs> and after that, Grace is just like, all right, fuck it. I respect you now. Like, it's this great moment of like, yeah, okay, you're. A, I see you're on our side now. I get it. I get it now. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just the story and the characters. Like, there's so much to 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 talk about with this game. Like, uh, I'm I'm gonna bring it up again in game of the year time because I mean it's not gonna be in my number one for sure, but it's gonna be in my top ten. I I know I just know it. 
Um, like, there's so many great moments. Like, because uh, Anya, uh, BJ's, uh, like, he's a lady friend from the first game, is back, and she's, like, pregnant with twins, and she's doing all this badass stuff while she's fucking, like, super pregnant, like, about ready to pop pregnant. I'm like, every time there's a cut scene with her, I'm like, is she going to go into labor right now? Is this going to be it? Every time. Probably um, the end of the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I... I'm actually doing a mission with her right now. She's actually out in the field with me. So I'm worried. Uh, <laughs> I'm super worried. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's just fucking phenomenal. And even like the, the bits of like uh, the collectibles. So there's like newspaper articles and records and um, audio tapes essentially. But they're like um, transcripts of audio tapes. I think they're called e-posts. Yeah, um, I think that's what they're called. Um, all have like great, and they just add so much more uh, to the, the the main story, like the main narrative as well. Um, like, there's been parts where I've read something in like a, a newspaper article, or I've read so- uh, something in like an e post, and then later on I've encountered that character or someone who knows that character, and have seen sort of the repercussions after that, and it's like, oh, that's that guy, and then he was here, and in fact, there's a really great one with a couple of really great ones with, so you've seen the trailer for it. If you've seen the trailer for Wolfenstein 2, the main trailer from E3, I think, um, with the, the diner and the Nazi that comes into the diner with his strawberry milkshake. Um, there's a couple of data posts about him and, and, and they come later on as well because, um, again, spoiler alert, he dies uh, very very quickly. What a twist! I know, right? But then uh, it, it's it's uh, he gets killed after he's been called back to base, and then later on there's like a couple of like um, e posts and, and notes saying, "Where is that guy? I I he said he was going to get a milkshake and he hasn't come back yet. I'm really starting to get pissed off at him." And I'm like, "Ah, he's dead. He's lying face down on the diner floor." So it's um it's really great. Uh the music, uh, I mean, Mick Gordon, again, need I say any more? He's a fucking genius. Um, continuing his trend of amazing soundtracks, because uh, he's got, like, Doom 2016, and then we've got, uh, I think he, did he do any of the first Wolfenstein? I'm not sure. I don't know, but he did Prey, so. And he did Prey as well, so, but it's it's very much like that sort of, like, industrial grind metal um it's so good, and it like kicks in at the most perfect times. Again, it reminds me very much of it because I didn't play Prey, but it reminds me very much of Doom. Like when you'll be stealthing through an area, and then you'll get discovered, and the music will kick in straight away, and it's like, all right, here we go. You pull out your two shotguns, and it's like, let's fucking do this. Um, and even like leading in from cutscenes as well, like you know the build up of music, and then like BJ will be saying something like, you know, all right, you fucking Nazis, let's go and fucking do this, and you're like. Yes, let's do this. I'm so ready. Um, but yeah, it's it's genius. It's not much more to say about that. It's classic Mick Gordon, and it's fucking awesome. I'll be as soon as I finish the game, I'll be adding it to my Spotify playlist if it's on there. So, um, cause it's I should so it will good. be like his other stuff mm. is on there. So I yeah, would expect exactly. Wolfenstein will be. Oh yeah, yeah. I would be very surprised if it's not. Um, but yeah, I'll be I'll be definitely listening to that on repeat for sure. Uh, but the gameplay itself, like I said, there's dual wielding again, same thing. Uh, the progression tree from the first one is very, very much the same, um, except it's a little less uh, invasive. Um, Which is good. I like that because mm, the way it, it did it in the first one used to get on my nerves. 
Yeah, like I really liked it and I liked what it was trying to do. But yeah, there were some points where it's like, all right, cool. You'd stop, focus on trying to complete your objective but and start focus on trying to complete those objectives. And those yeah. objectives are still there, but they're hidden in the menu and they don't pop up all the time. Um, and it just basically, you play the if you play the game the way that you like to play it, it'll build your character that way, which is so natural and it works really well. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of that. Like, you know, if you're being really stealthy, then there's that. But if you always get discovered and then you have to go in, like, balls of the wall guns out, um, it'll adapt to that as well. There's also, um, at a certain point in the game, you, you have to... Oh, God, Karen, after one of the craziest moments of the game, I think, so far. Um, I won't bring it up here. I'll bring it up probably when we talk about Game of the Year, because it's probably one of my favourite moments of the year, to be honest. Um, but you get access to three certain abilities that you get to pick from. So you can pick um, the Battle Walker, which basically gives you, like, go-go uh, gadget legs. So you can, like, extend up really high and get to um, higher platforms. Um, and they, it comes with, like, three skills you can you can get as well that you unlock at cert- a certain point. Uh, and then you get the, the Ram Armor, I think it's called, which is, like, a chess piece, which basically means when you sprint and you run into, like, uh, metal boxes, it'll, like, knock them across the room and break them open if there's stuff in them or if it's one that can be broken open. Um, but it also means you can run full pelt into an unarmored enemy and turn them into paste. Uh, so I picked that one um, because it's really fun to do. And then there's the... What's the last one? There's the legs. Oh, there's the constrictor harness. So basically that means there are, like, air vents that you basically constrict yourself down into, like, a snake form and you can, like, crawl through these, like, really thin vents. Um, so you can basically, like, sneak around and ambush people. But it does take off your health, I think, if you're not wearing armor. I think it starts to hurt you after a while. Um, I did find out, though, you do get the opportunity to pick up... Because you only get to pick one at that per- at that point. But later on, you get to pick... You can you can pick the rest of them up. Um, so I have all three of them now, which is good. Um, you get them via doing... Um, basically, the... the Wolfenstein 2's version of side quests. So they have um, these things called... Uh, you pick up Enigma codes from when you kill generals. I think they're generals. That's what they're called. Captains <laughs> or whatever. Um, Big, bigger Nazis. Yeah, well, they're not even bigger. They're just like they're commanders, essentially. So um, yeah, I, meant sort of, I meant like higher ranked Nazis. Higher ranked, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Um, so they're usually hidden away at a certain part. And at certain points through a level, it'll pop up and say signal signal found and it'll give you like a, a basic radar and a number and tells you how far away that person is um if that radar turns from white to red then you've been discovered and generally they'll go and hide uh and you've got to fight basically a whole bunch of enemies to get to them um but you can sneak through and get them and one of the skills you can get is for uh quick general kills so if you kill them without being discovered that'll level up that skill um and you get Enigma codes from killing those, so they're like a collectible. Uh, and at a certain point in the game, you get access to the Enigma decoder machine, and you can use those to do like a, a, a decode mini game, which took me a little while to figure out how to play. Um, and that costs um, like your Enigma cards, essentially. Uh, and then you can unlock little like mini assassination missions. Uh, so you go after uh, uh, Uber Commanders, commandos, uh, which are like bigger, higher-ranking officers. And they're just like little mini quests with their own little mini storylines that don't generally last for more than like half an hour, if that, maybe 15, 20 minutes, some of them. 
Um, there's a couple of them that actually tie into the main storyline and some of the characters that are a, uh, part of your team. Uh, and then it also gets you, uh, at certain points, you can access the um, the other two power-ups that you didn't get access to. Um, I mean, I could waffle on about this game all day because it's just it's so good and I enjoy talking about it and I enjoy playing it. Um, it's so much fun. It's made me feel things. It's made me laugh. The music gets me amped. There's nothing like dual wielding two weapons and just blowing the absolute bejesus out of a whole bunch of Nazis. Um, and like on top of all that, it, outside of the game, their marketing campaign leading up to it was just 10 out of 10 on point. I cannot fault it. It was the exact type of marketing that game needed, um, especially in well, the, the time we're living in right now. I mean, they, they saw the opportunity and they capitalized on it. It just Absolutely. makes sense. Yeah. Because they knew they were going to get publicity, like for, for better or worse, and I feel like it's for better because um, it made I was already excited to play it, and it made me want to play that game even more. So, um, yeah, it, this game does a lot of things just right, and it is a very very good game. And if you are interested in in shooters or games with interesting storylines, or one of the two, uh, or both of those things, this game is one hundred percent worth your time. Uh, and I mean, you probably missed most of the sales now when it was going really cheap, but, um, I'm sure it'll go cheap again if you're really worried about that, but I don't sleep on this game. Please do not sleep on this game. It is very, very good. Um, 2017 is so packed. It's sometimes games will slip through, unfortunately. Oh, absolutely. And I totally understand this is one of those ones. It's, it's not super niche, but it's. I can understand like someone like yourself, like, like you said to me, like I don't play shooters. And I'm like, yeah, of course you don't like that. That's not your jam. That's not your, what you'd go out of your way to play. Um, and I totally yeah, get that because this is like just straight up action. Like I don't hate shooters. I'm just very no. particular about the sort of shooter I play. And yeah, exactly. Like, cause I enjoy doom. Doom was fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what I've seen of my housemate playing Wolfenstein is like, yeah, that looks okay. But like, there's things that I've seen that would frustrate the hell out of me that I'm sort yeah. of glad I'm not of, playing it. I've had a couple of frustrating moments. The difficulty of the game can spike really, 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 really quickly. Um, I think I'm playing on like around the medium difficulty. I think I'm playing on uh, Hurt Me Plenty, I think. I'm not sure. Because um, it's got the old classic uh, Wolfenstein difficulties. Um Oh, that was the other thing about the game too. Uh, in the the hub U boat that you would walk around in in between some missions, uh, there's an arcade cabinet, and because in the first game you could play a level from Wolfenstein 3D, in this one you can play the entire game. You can play Wolfenstein 3D from start to finish. Uh, it's got its own save system outside of the save system of the actual game, um, and it's all it's it's sort of spun on its head that you're playing like you know a dashing Nazi uh, hero trying to beat down all these American. Um, commandos which is pretty funny I'll, I'll i'll give them that uh and it's called like wolfstone 3d um but yeah it's really really good um i oh my god this game so good but Karen, there's something else that we've been, both played this week that has also blown my face off oh my god it's a game that out of nowhere has like cemented its place on my on my top 10 this year yeah like Okay, so a backstory about how I heard about this game. Um, I was talking to Lauren from uh, OK Games, uh, the the OK Games crew, um, 
and we were talking about game of the year stuff and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, this, this and this, this is going to be my number one, I think. But, and she was like, yeah, there's all the other games like, you know, the walking dead. Oh, and Doki Doki literature club. And I was like, the fuck is Doki Doki literature club? <laughs> I, I, I'd never heard of this game. Never, never even heard the, the tiniest bit about this thing. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And she's like, oh my God, seriously, you need to, and I was like, is this something I'm going to need to check out? And she goes, yes, but do not look up anything. Do not look at anything for it. She said, it's free on Steam. Go and download it and play it. And I was like, okay, you've got me interested. Well, you know, why not? I think it was when I was in Japan still. So when I got home, I booted up my laptop and jumped on Steam, looked up Doki Doki Literature Club and downloaded it. And from what I could tell from the couple of screenshots that I saw, I was like, it's a visual novel. I'm like, okay, visual novel. Why not? Let's give it a go. Uh, but then I played the game card. Oh, Jesus. Now, I don't know how in-depth you want to go with this, or should we give another spoiler warning? We definitely give a spoiler warning, because oh, here's the yeah. thing. I I stand by what you said earlier and what Lauren said to you. If you have even a passing interest in Doki Doki Literature Club, it's about three-ish hours to play it, from mm-hmm. start to credits for an ending. Yep. It's free on Steam, or you can go to their website and download it. Yep. And the second we say anything else, honestly, like the joy, not the, not the joy, I guess, not the, the, that, that moment, Joel, where, where things turn on its head. You're just like, oh, yep. oh yeah. The discovery okay. of this game is, um, okay. Is truly something to behold. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, at the same level, like, I would say the same thing about this as I would have said about Undertale that, when that came out. It's like, don't yes. play Undertale, but look up nothing. Very Go in true. blind. Very true. And I'd, I'd heard a little bit about Undertale, so I had a little bit ruined for me, unfortunately. But Yeah. Um, See, that's the thing. Like, I had a bit of this ruined for me. Not what happens, but the way I'd seen people talk about it on Twitter. I was like, okay, look, I've got to play this game. But I yeah. had the, I, I knew something was going to happen. Something was up. I mean, look, to be honest, from when you boot the game up, it sort of alludes to that fact, because um, the game starts with a... With a okay, so from here on out, full spoilers, essentially. How, how long do we go, Joel? Like, sh- we should probably put some sort of time on this so people can skip past it. Should we say yeah. 20 minutes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 15 to 20 minutes, I would say. Um, when you start so skip forward us, that much. <laughs> when you start hearing us get angry, which for the, the listeners who are sticking around... That'll make sense very shortly. When you hear us getting really angry about things, um, you're back good. in then. Yeah, you're all fine. Um, but yeah, so the game starts with a, a, a warning saying this game is not suitable for children or people who are sensitive, highly sensitive, I think. I, can't remember I cannot exact, remember the exact word. Yeah. But at first I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. But after playing it, yeah, that warning is serious. <laughs> oh, it is. It is for real, real. Um, yeah, um, I definitely appreciate that warning being there. Oh yeah, Kyron. Oh, so this game starts off. So from that point onwards, I was like a little uneasy. Um, so I'm playing through this visual novel because it is just a basic visual novel. It's got pretty decent character art. Um, I actually quite like the character models, although I, I cannot. I cannot look at them anymore, I don't think. Um, uh, yeah, it's difficult. It's definitely difficult to look at them 
for sure. <laughs> one one in particular because I looked at I looked at her for far too long. So um, you've got you've got the club president who was the head of the the, the literature club, which is Monica. Yeah. It's a new club that's just started up. It's it needs. Who was the? It was originally Sayori who's vice president, right? Yeah, Sayori. Yeah, Sayori's vice president. Yes, and then there is also Yuri and yep. Natsuki. I believe Natsuki. Is the, I think is the last yeah. one. Who was my favorite? So, I like Natsuki. Okay, I was gonna say. So first of all, who did we? Who did you go to first, Joel? Who Who was the one you went to? Was it Natsuki? Natsuki. Yeah, Natsuki. Yeah. It was like I was like. Was it because liked, of manga? She liked manga, and she was a dork, and she just got like stupidly aggressive at things. And I'm like, oh, you're all right. I'll cheer you up. <laughs> You're pretty cool. Um, I baked cupcakes with her. It was fun. And then it wasn't fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you, uh, you're you best friends with Sayori. You've like grown up with her, essentially. Lived down the street from her. Uh, and the next door to her. Next door, yeah. So you, uh, it's the day at school where you have to pick what club, like, like what extracurricular club you want to join. And... Um, your character's like, I don't know what I'm going to pick. I don't really care. Like, I guess I'll go to the anime club because, you know, it's the anime club and that's where I belong. But there won't be many cute girls there. And you're like, all right, cool. Typical, typical visual novel shit. Here we go. Like, yeah, for like, better, for for better or worse, it's like, yeah, exactly. We're here for, for the waifus. Um, but all that stuff makes sense when you finish it. Oh, God. Fucking. Mm. Um. And so, yeah, basically, Sayori has joined the literature club and she basically, like, convinces you to come along to their meeting. And you go and you realise that it's just Sayori and three other cute girls. And you're like, all right, well, I guess I'm staying here then. Hey, to be fair, you originally aren't going to, but they all look sad at you. Yeah, they all look, they, 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 they give the puppy dog anime eyes and you're like, yeah. oh, okay, I guess I can't let them down. I guess I'll join the literature club. Yeah. Ah, oh, and then it all goes to hell. Um... Yeah. So yeah, before we get too far into the actual the the nuts and bolts of ha- of what what goes awry, the gameplay is pretty simple. As you said, it's a visual novel, so most mm-hmm. of the time you're just you're clicking through text. Which for some people that might get it, it's a thing where if the game hadn't have taken the turn it obviously took, and obviously there's a reason it took that turn, I probably would have dropped off because I. Just, it's just not yeah. that engaging for me, but it, that, the, to get to the point where things kick off, it is a little bit of a slog as well. Um, yeah, I but I, so I agree. But there was a couple of points before that happened where you could sort of you could feel something was off, and you're like, "Oh, hang on, what's happening here, really?" And that's that's yeah. what hooked me. It, yeah, like was- obviously that part is where it all kicks off, but there was enough sprinkled through before there. That sort of drove me to at least reach that point, mm. and that combined uh, with the warning at the start as well. I guess, it's, yes, it's like, well, something's bad's going to happen, or well, something not, something extreme's going to happen. So I, I, I want to see what that is at least, and then I'll make a judgment whether I keep playing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so that's one part of the gameplay. The other part is so when you join the literature club, the group comes up with the idea of sharing poems with one another. Yeah, to get to know so, each other better. Yeah, yeah. So each after each meeting, you would your character goes home and picks twenty words mm-hmm. to to form a poem. Each of the three girls, not including Monica, has certain words they prefer, and I think that basically decides who you end up like spending more time with. Yeah, basically, and they all sort of allude to 
Yes, they do. They sort of allude to like their, their their preferred writing styles and what they're interested in, and you can kind of gather. All right, so except like, one. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, Natsuki like says she likes all this sort of stuff, and you know, so I'm gonna pick like she she likes baking things, she likes like slice of life manga. Like I can I can figure out from there what kind of stuff. Um, she likes, and you get like there's like a visual represent- representation of the three girls. And if you pick a word, um, whichever girl that relates to, they sort of jump up and down a little bit. And you go, all right, cool. Yeah. So that word was related to that, so you can sort of figure it out from that, which is cool. I quite exactly. like that mechanic. Yeah, I liked the music in that part. <laughs> yeah, the music in this game is really good. It, oh, it, and it's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. But like, I just like that version of the song. Like, it, it's stuck on my head to this day. Oh, yeah. Yep. Now, the music is very catchy. Um, but all things said and done, those are the two components of the gameplay, I guess. Like, there's not <laughs> much more to it than that on a surface level. But it's, yeah. it's the the uneasiness beneath the surface is where it really starts to sink its teeth into you. And you're like, uh, mm. I don't I don't know anymore, guys. Cause like, I don't know. Especially at the start when, like, they're talking about, like, what kind of things they like to read and stuff, and Yuri brings up that she likes psychological horror and goes into a bit of an analysis about what psychological horror is, and I'm like... So that's the thing. A couple of things the characters say early on allude to what this game is. Like, Yuri talks about that. She mentions how she finds it interesting how stories can be be used to sort of not really trick the the audience or the person reading it, but can like mess with your head. And it's like after finishing yep. game, I was just like, oh, oh god, she was warning me. That's what this game is. Yuri um, wanted me to know. We should probably stop beating around the bush, Joel. Like as as you're going the through the through the game, like as you read the girls' poems, you'll notice turns. In particular, the first warning bells are going off with Sayuri. Oh, her poems. Yeah. Her poems are can uh, you that you know something's up essentially yep oh yep um but you continue on and eventually it gets to just before the weekend uh and about uh, uh, the monday after that um the next monday is going to be um the school festival so you're all trying to figure out what you're going to do for the festival um and monica comes up with the idea of you uh performing some of your poems for for like everyone at the festival and everyone freaks out a little bit uh but they all agree to it and then they all sort of start like delegating jobs to do over the weekend to get prepared. So um, Natsuki's going to bake cupcakes. Uh, Monica's going to make the pamphlets. Uh, Sayori's going to do the posters, I believe, with Monica. Yes. And Yuri doesn't have anything at first, but then they decide that she can do decorations and help set the the ambience in the room. Um, and from there, you basically get to pick who you're going to help over the weekend. Um, so I picked, uh, Natsuki. I was like, I want to bake cupcakes. Especially because she made cat cupcakes at the very first day. And I was like, you're all right. You're pretty cool. Um, so who did you pick, Karen? Uh, I went with Yuri. Mm-hmm. And it was entirely because when she introduced herself, she described her enjoyment of fantasy. And I was like, yes, exactly. Fantasy is the best. Yep, you are, right. you are best girl. I will, I will pick you. Fantasy and horror, like that's right up exactly. your right up your alley. Um, so yeah, you go through and then you have like a you know a bit of a moment with your girl that you've selected. Um, uh, and before that though, Sayori 
Yeah, it's really important to say what happens before that. Before you yeah, I, I forgot it was. I forgot it was just before that. Um. So yeah, Sayori uh, leaves because she's not feeling well, and she goes home early on the Friday, and so you decide to go check on her, and she's not okay at all. Um, she's sort of having a bit of a, a crisis. Um, well, she, she, she comes clean to you that she suffers from depression, essentially. Yeah, yeah, which that, that's the first part where you're like, okay, all right. Uh, and then she starts to sort of allude a little bit more that she is kind of into you. Um, and then I guess after that, like you sort of say that, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm gonna help you as much as I can. I'm gonna be here for you. Um, and then you leave. Weirdly she enough. tells you to leave though like she does tell you to leave yeah i suppose that's true um but yeah so you go and you do your your thing with whichever girl you picked uh and then afterwards just as you're about to well for, in my case like just as natsuki was leaving we but before that we were having a bit of a moment uh yeah same, then, same with yuri right uh did she come to your house as well yes yeah okay cool so that's the same i think i think it's just for the for the Sayori stuff, it just makes it easier. Yeah, exactly. It makes more sense. Um, and yeah, so she starts. You have a bit of a moment, and then Sayori arrives, uh, and then your your girl of choice gets spooked and runs away, and then yes. yeah, she confesses her love for you, and then you're presented with an option. What did you do, Kyron? I I decided to be honest with her because I didn't want to lie to her. Even like it's it's worth saying that neither option Nope is really nope. the right answer. Not good. Nope. What did you end up picking? I I I said I would be her friend. Yeah, that's what I said. I again yep. I just it just felt like the like I didn't want to lie to her. It wasn't gonna help her. Karen, it didn't feel like it helped it didn't feel like it didn't feel well, like you- it was the I'll right answer. What, I'll tell you what. I watched my housemate pick the other option last night, and oh. it goes about as well. So, okay. like, right. like I said, like neither option is really the right answer, and that's the sucky part. <laughs> yeah. So basically, it cuts to the next day, Monday, and you go to school and help set up. Realize Sarah is not there, and you sort of have a moment of uh, clarity. Well, you, you, you talk a bit with Monica first, who says that she's been talking to Sayuri, and she's like, "I'm surprised right. you didn't you didn't bring her with you." And you're like, "Oh, she just sort of slipped in, I guess." Yeah. And then you're like, "Wait a second. So your character then leaves to to go fetch Sayuri, and it's not good, Joel. Even even just thinking about it before I even attempt <sighs> to put it into words, it sucks. It's not good." It's not good. It's bad. It's real. It's really bad. So your op- your character goes into her house, opens her door, and you are greeted with just a shot of her hanging from the ceiling, and yep. it's devastating because yep. at this point you're just like, oh god, this is is this what I was signing up for? This is what I what? Oh, I wasn't ready for this. And obviously, and what happens further in the game shifts things a little bit but oh god i was like i was like okay i see why people are getting excited like not excited but i uh 
praising this game because it's sort of like, all right, because it, it could end there with like a little epilogue and give you like, you should really sort of think about how to talk to people and open up a conversation about talking to people about depression and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, that's interesting. It's an interesting concept. And then it turns the fucking slider up to about a hundred million. Um, because you, it goes like end, you get like an end screen and it goes back to the main menu and things don't look the right. Things are a little off, Karen. Before you uh, continue, Joel, just sorry, can you hear this rain? A little bit. Do you reckon it's going to be an issue? No, it should be fine. I can I can try right. and do a like background noise cut out of it. Uh, I'm okay, cool. My cat's fucking fucking around in the corner over there. Because <sighs> the only reason because it was fine, but I was just watching my lines and I'm like oh, I can see whether rain's sort of coming in. You can it's like sort of going. I'm like I want to press an issue. I just wanted to to chime in here just to, to check. You think it's going to be all good? Oh look, if it if if it is, I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue. You're still coming okay. through really clear, so. Okay, cool, cool. Um, That's the main thing. I just, it was just my own paranoia. Cause I'm like, I don't, because I can't tell because I'm not hearing my own voice. I'm like, I wonder if Joel can hear that. But if you think it's good, like, it's, it's sort of started, it's dropping off now, so we might be okay. I could do a noise reduction. Um, if it comes like, in much heavier than this, we might be in trouble, though. <laughs> yeah, well, um, we'll see. We'll cross <laughs> we'll that bridge when we come to it. Um, right. Sorry, I cut you That's off. all right. That's all right. Um, what can we go from? We, I think we're talk- you're talking about the menu. I think. Oh, the menu, yeah. So, I was saying things aren't right. Yes. Things don't look right. Okay. The starters, uh, where it would normally say new game, it's all, like, jumbled, like, glitchy-looking letters. And it's not the only glitch there. <laughs> no, no. So, basically, the, the splash screen of the uh, of the main menu has, like, the four girls on it. And they're all striking a pose, and it's very jolly, and it's like, okay, this is what I'm getting myself into. Um, but where Sayori was is all glitched out, and it's sort of like cut in a little bit with Monica. So not only have you just witnessed this horrible, horrible fucking scene, your brain starts going, all right, what's her fucking deal? What's going on here? What's happening? Uh, and then you start a new game, basically, and it is, it, it's it's um, as if Sayori doesn't exist because she doesn't. She doesn't. And she does not exist. For example, like Yuri is now the vice president of the club, mm-hmm. uh, and the reason why they're so desperate for you to join is because a club can only be an official club with four members, and mm-hmm. without you, it's only three. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, and okay. So the other part that really sucks is even your character doesn't. There's a brief moment at the start where. Sayori comes up, and then it fr- flickers, and it's just like it, like it never happened. Uh-huh. Yep. And it continues on like that. And so basically, you go through the game again, and uh, things are off. Things are really off. Uh, at certain points, the game will sort of glitch out in the text box and say something else completely. Uh, which, did you check the, the history log when that happened? Y- yes. And you can also check... So... Uh, I won't bring up the other part until until we get to it. But yeah, I, I did check the history log, yes. Yep. So, um, yeah, so yeah, it starts to sort of like someone's cutting in and, and, and saying something. Um, 
but you go through again, uh, and it's basically very, very similar to how it happens the first, the first time, um, except it's a little more heated in certain in certain uh, times, because um, there's a particular fight between Natsuki oh. and and uh, Yuri that gets fucking buck wild. Like it gets when when the curse words come out. Holy crap! Yeah, because it comes out like. I think once or twice in the first playthrough, but in this one it's like a stream of like "fuck you, fuck this, you fucking bitch." Um, and then you're out of a room at one point, and Natsuki runs off in hysterics, mm-hmm. and you don't know exactly what happened. But later, things sort of make sense. I also want to take this opportunity at any point, Joel, during the second act. Did you notice a picture on the back wall? No. Okay, I don't know what I did to trigger it. But at certain points throughout the second like time through, there was a picture of Sayuri hanging in the background, like oh. hanging from her roof, and I was just like, "Ah, fuck! What did I do? What did I do? What triggered this? Good God, why?" I and was scanning at certain points in the background because I'm like, yeah. I wonder if there's anything else in this scenery because it's all there's basically like maybe four or five locations you go to, so there's not many. There's not much variance in, the, in no. the the background. So I was like, I wonder if they're going, especially when you start playing more um, and you see how much detail is put into the game. I was like, I wonder if there's anything else in the background, but I didn't see anything. So yes, yeah, so that, that happened to me. Uh, it didn't happen to my housemate. And I don't know what did what I did to trigger it, but it was the worst and I was not okay with it. Oh, oh. Um, but yeah, you keep playing. And then like at certain points, people will glitch out. Um, the screen will turn all staticky. Um, it, it you still of, you still exchange poems, and I think for poems. the other characters, it's mostly the same. Monica's are sequel poems, though, which is where I also started to go. Hang on, yeah, yeah. What Monica's? Monica's are yeah poems that are uh, uh, using the context of her original poems as um, like a landing a launch point. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And but then even then it gets to the point where. So who did you go for the second time through? Uh I see. I don't know how much choice you had. I I ended up back at Yuri again. Oh, okay. Okay. So I I started. Who was I actually? Yeah, I started going for Yuri because I was like, well, I went for Natsuki the first time, and so I was actively going for her. So maybe it just forces you into that. That would make sense though. My housemate had the first one, the first scene where you sit down and read manga with Natsuki, and then mm. it went to Yuri for the rest of it. Because I think oh. what happens with Yuri is how that act wraps up, essentially. Right. Yeah, which is what happens, Karen. What, what so, happens? So, as time goes forward, like, Yuri, Yuri's a bit into you, and you learn things about her. Like, you learn... Her. So, first of all, at the gate, in this playthrough, the novel that she is into is completely different. Like, same name. The subject matter is completely different. Yeah, and it's, it's about like a, a human experimental camp, like cutting off limbs and all sorts of stuff. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa! I've only oh. just met you. Oh. Maybe I don't know. And so you go forward with her, and you learn more about her, and you'll find out she likes knives. And at that point, my my warning bells were going off. She really and likes the, knives. She does. The scenes where you... Again, you didn't go with Yuri in the first one. So in the first one, all the stuff with the tea, she does that. And like she'll go and get the pitcher of water and come back and all that. And you think nothing of it. You're just no. like, oh well, whatever. But in this, in the second run, when she goes to get the pitcher of water, you follow her eventually. And you find her in the corridor, sleeve rolled up. 
and her arm covered in cuts. Yep. And you're just like, oh, See, no. I don't actually think I saw that. Didn't you? Yeah, I, I, it was alluded to, and it came up. Okay, that's interesting. I, unless I wasn't paying that much attention, I think... It's, it, you, you'll know. Because, like, my character followed, eventually, he got, basically, my character's like, I got bored of waiting, so I went to look for Yuri, and he went, he goes out of a room, and it, the scene changes to the corridor, and he, like, hears, like, a sharp breath, as if someone's in pain, oh, and then you go wait, around, no, and she's just... I did hear that, dead in I, yeah, I don't think I, but for some reason, I, I heard it, but I didn't see it, maybe. I don't know. It's, pl- it's, a, it's an image that's in my head still. Okay, I'm playing through it again, so I, for, for reasons. So um, I might have to keep an eye out for it. Yeah. Ooh, anyway. Anyway. Um, it culminates in but she's, yeah, self-harming, a poem sharing, of course. Never and good. you read Natsuki's poem, never, and never her poem is thing. completely different. Um, it's more of a letter, I guess. <laughs> You okay. Uh, yeah. You are you alright? Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I think you were saying something else. I was saying you read Natsuki's letter. Um, I don't know. It just sort of glitched out on me a little bit. It's fucking. Yeah, it's it, what. It, it, yeah, it's fucking with me. I, I don't know if it's. I, I think. I think Doki Doki Literature Club is coming I think, back. I think Monica is here. I think she's, she's on my here. computer. She's, oh, is she? Oh no, she is again for me. I was like, I deleted her. Um, yeah. Right, okay, I'll, I'll I'll go from Natsuki's letter. Okay, cool. I'll save it. You open it up, and then you can we, we can tackle it together. Okay. So, when you start exchanging poems at this particular point, you get you get the one from Natsuki, and you open it, and it's not exactly a poem, Joel. Nope. 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 It's nope. A, it's a letter. It's, you. A, it's a flat-out warning sign. Yes. it's Nat, Nat, Natsuki expresses that she's concerned for Yuri, and she's angry at Monica for dismissing what the heck is going on with Yuri, and she's like, please, like, get Yuri to talk to someone, essentially. Yeah. Uh, just pretend, and also at the end, like, pretend that I've given you a poem and you've read it, and let's go from there. But yeah. this, is what, this is the situation we're in. Yeah. So then you click through that and it shows Natsuki and then her face goes blank. And it says, and the text changes to, I changed my mind. And you're like, oh God, what? And then all the fucking static glitches and shit. Oh, this fucking game. Yeah. It's, I'm not sure if we should continue with blow by blow for this because it, it just, I guess it's nearly done really, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shit, shit spirals. Yeah. Eventually, Monica and Natsuki leave, and you're just left with Yuri. And are you gonna have a dialogue choice? Don't you? I think so. I think so. Yeah. She's uh, saying things to you that you're like, "Oh, that's not a that is not a sentence I want to hear." I do not want you to like cut open my skin and crawl inside of me. Karen, it was no, her eyes. You. I couldn't look at her. Yeah, I know her eyes. Her eyes are horrific. It's just like. Like a purpley, bluey, grey, but like completely all just that colour. There's no like detail that you would normally see in like an anime manga style eye. It was just like this dead look and it was it it's still fucking haunting me. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, then she stabs herself three times. Yep. Whilst just staring at you. Just staring right at Mate, you. Doesn't break eye contact and just nope. stabs herself three times. I was. This was. When I got to this point, it was like 2 a.m. And I was like, why? Why? Why am I doing this? What is this thing? Um, and then, yeah. So that happens. And then it basically cuts to a shot of you looking at her, like, life draining from her body on the floor. Yeah, I was going to say, how long did it take you to pick up on what was happening there? Um, I left it. I- so I, 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 I oh, okay. skipped. So I think you can skip. And it I fast forward it. it. Yeah, so you, it fast forward. It basically puts you in a fast forward. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until like I was like, oh yeah, cool. It's gone to night time. It's going night time. Like, are we just gonna stay here now? Is this, do I have to restart the game or something? And then it went back to like morning and then daytime. I'm like, oh, okay, this was Friday. Yeah, let's let's play this out. And basically, you wait there all weekend with it with her, just staring at her corpse. Uh, and then everyone arrives nice and happy and hunky-dory on Monday. <laughs> Natsuki vomits and runs out of a room. Yep. Uh, Monica. Yeah. Oh, Karen, I just... I can't. I can't with this game. No. So let's just get to the point. Let's get yep. to the... Let's cut to the chase. And it's the fact that Monica is a character in this visual novel who wants to be with you but you keep picking these other girls yep and she can't have that so and let's 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 be specific here she doesn't want to be with you the character no she She wants wants to to be be with with you you, the player she directly refers to you as the player now there's that interesting bit of dialogue there where she starts talking to you and she sort of alludes to that fact where she's like i'm not talking to the character of this game. I'm talking to you. What does she call you? What do you mean? So, what, what was like? Uh, she said to I uh, because my my character name was Jolly Mac, all one word that yeah. I had, and she was like, because she basically like gets to a point where you're in a room with her. Oh yeah 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 and, okay. yeah and yeah you're yeah so you're in a room with her and she's just staring at you. Basically, she's created a world where it's only you and her in a classroom mm-hmm. and nothing else exists. And forever. Forever. Ever. It's forever, just ever, ever. Um, And she started talking to me and she's like, yes, you know, yes, Jolly Mac. Or should I say, or do you prefer to be called, do you, do you normally go by the name Joel? And I was like, fuck this game. I'm done. This is some fucking, like, psychomantis level did you, shit. Did you play a Steam copy? I did. Yeah, so... She called me Karen as well, and she's like, oh, you're playing on Steam. I had to... It was yep. a bit tricky to get your information. I was just like, whoa, 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 that, whoa, whoa, yep. whoa. I was like, this is... What the fuck is it? This is some, like, I see you've been playing a lot of fucking... Castlevania. Play, yeah, like, Castlevania. <laughs> yeah, like, all that kind of shit. Like, oh, I was, I was not okay. Um, So, before we continue, extra little tidbit. Uh, If you are streaming or recording... Mm-hmm. She will fight, she, because the game basically does a search for a couple of things, and if it picks up on, like, OBS or XSplit, she will say stuff, like, from what I can tell. I've seen, I've seen footage oh of a Twitch God. stream, and she's just like, are you, are you recording this? And it's just like, oh, God, no, this is too weird. Stop fuck, now. Fuck. I actually started recording myself playing it. I was going to do a video in it, 
and maybe play through the whole thing and, and record it all. But the video fucked up at the start and wasn't recording the screen. Um, I'll like, try and tweet out the the video, like the video on Twitter. Oh, because yeah, see it's that. oh, oh, and then she proceeds to talk to you forever, quite yep. literally forever. I how long did you sit there for, Kyron? It probably about maybe five or ten minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. How long did you sit there for? Um, I started watching a podcast and ha- and was still talking to her for about oh forty five minutes. I was oh. I was I was too scared to close the game. I'm like I don't know what to do. Like I don't until I eventually looked up. It's like how long does this go for? Because I'm like they've done shit like this earlier on in the game, like, especially with the, um, like the, the Yuri stuff. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe there's a point like after like an hour, it's like an endurance thing and it clicks over. Uh, nah, it just, it goes forever. I've heard according to Lauren, I think she said there's about a four hour loop until it loops around again. So she says stuff for four hours before it'll loop around again. And how do you get out of it, Joel? Uh, you have to quit the game. For starters, uh, I didn't quit the game when I, I didn't quit the game when I did this. By the way, oh, didn't you? You just did it in the, while it was still running. I alt tabbed across to the to the directory and went into the character file and was like, "Hey, Monica, delete." <laughs> yep, because she alludes to that at some point. One of the characters, someone says it's, something about it. So, well, I can't speak for earlier, but like when you are one on one with her, she mentions how she went into the directories and deleted uh, Natsuki and Yuri. Because she's like, right, I just wanted to be with it. you and they were just getting in the way. So I deleted them to get rid of them. And she brings up the console command at some points as well, doesn't she? I believe. Yes. Now that's what I didn't want to bring up earlier. I don't know how long it lasts for, but when she does that, it sometimes creates like error logs in the folder and you can open it and read extra stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. This fucking game. Like, I remember, so I... Because you played, you started playing it before I did. Because I heard about yes. my demo, and I didn't get around to playing it until this week. Um, and you, you said you were like, "Oh yeah, it's like you mentioned Undertale," and I hadn't heard anyone refer to it as anything like Undertale. And yeah. now I see why you said that because it's like yes, the, like changing save files and fucking with the actual files of the game itself yeah. on your computer. Oh, so yeah. Mm. you delete monica and she isn't happy about it honestly nope, she's quite nope. distressed as you delete her it's like some flower then, level shit yes mm. and then you start the game again because she decides to go quietly doesn't she she removes herself and gives you everything back i think and so then yeah. you go back into the game and it's just it's sayuri natsuki and yuri everything seems normal sayuri mm-hmm. is starting the literature club I guess Yuri's the vice president. You're going to mm-hmm. be a fourth member. Hunky dory. Twist. Sayuri was aware, or she is aware now, and she's like, cool, I'm just going to do what Monica did and have you all to myself. Yep. And then Monica just goes, nah, clearly this isn't going to work. And she de- proceeds to delete everything. Yep. She goes nuts and deletes the whole thing. Um, and you get the credits where she plays the song that the character Monica says she's been learning piano. And you're, she's always like, maybe I'll play it for you one day. Yep. Blank, your character. And you hear it over credits as it scrolls through, like, 
the image files of like your one-on-one experiences with the girls and deletes them. Yep. Um, it doesn't delete all of them though, does it? I think it deletes does the it? ones that you don't get. Oh, okay. See, I didn't. I'm not sure. I, I might delete all of them, but there are some of them that are grayed out that obviously you haven't seen them because if you don't. You can do a perfect run of this game, and you do get something for it. I know what you get, but I don't. I haven't read it. Okay. So you do get something for it. Um, there is a. I'm using a guide to do it because it, it, it involves a lot of save scumming and a lot of like save management uh, by jumping back and forward and doing stuff uh, and deleting things at certain points and Ugh. and yeah, it's it's pretty involved. So I'm like, I'm See, just going to use a, a, a guide. Yeah, this is a. This is on my game of the year list. Yep. Easily. Yeah, I think it might be on mine as well. It's um it's it's fucking free. It's Oh You and, have the option to, to like buy a fan pack with the game yeah. for ten bucks that supports the devs. I'm gonna do it probably. I think I'm gonna well. You get the soundtrack and you get a whole bunch of wallpapers. Um digital wallpapers for it, I think. I don't want to look at those girls anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Have but you I want the, the soundtrack, but have you been to the store? Because there's a store, yes. they've got their web store. Have you seen the fucking pictures you can get there? Yes. <laughs> Fuck. I was like, why would I, why would I want that? I kind of thought about getting the key rings because I'm like, they're kind of cute. I'm like, they're fun, but then also, oh but sinister. Oh Jesus. Um. Uh. A couple. One more thing. Uh, a little. A little extra detail that. So I, I did some digging after I finished it, and I went mm-hmm. to the subreddit, and there's like an arg you can go to. Oh. And essentially, the four character files can all be decrypted or changed to something else. And they're just like little things here and there, but it's just even more depth. Like, I think Yuri's changes to, like, you have to put it into, like, a there's a website, I forget. I think it's, like, Base64, and it, and it, like, translates into, like, a poem that the developer wrote two years ago and posted it on Creepypasta. Oh, um, my God. So- Sayuri's becomes like a a QR code when you turn it into a PNG file, which leads to like a disturbing image. And just I can't remember what Monica and Natsuki's do, but yeah, all four of them change into PNGs and all can be like changed via base sixty four decoding into something else. And it's just like good god, fucking good hell. god. This is like it's it's like some fucking Five Nights at Freddy's meets Undertale shit, like. That, that's why I, I think I use those two games as comparison, really. Yeah, like, you the did. war on this game goes deep, and the fiddling you can do outside of the game also goes deep. It's nuts. Like, it's absolutely nuts. Um, And I've said before about when we've talked about horror games and things like that, I, I don't like horror games with jump scares and stuff like that. This is the type of horror game I can get behind. This is psychological it's, horror, and it's, it's there's, psychological. There's no jump scares whatsoever. Um, it's very confronting, like very. It is very confronting, but I think it's very confronting. But I, I mean, maybe I'm completely off base. Maybe for the earlier, the the series of the start, it didn't feel. I'm trying to think the best way to put it. Honestly, like it didn't feel bad about how it did it. No, no, and I think that once you play, once you finish it, you sort of realize why. I think it was it was it played it off very nonchalantly. Um, because you as the yeah. player has a reaction to it, but no one else in that world really does. Well, yeah, because you, you see it, and then you, the game basically ends. Ends, yeah. So, and then when you go back to start again, th- like, she's gone, 
and everything, and you're like, what the fuck? No, she, As where's, what happened? And it's like nothing at all. It's like it never happened, and you're just like, no, it happened. I saw it. What's happening? It's not. And oh, so shit. So we have, this is the Doki Doki Literature Club episode at this point. I feel like it is. Oh, my God. Ignore that earlier, like, 15, 20-minute warning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we didn't get mad. We haven't got mad yet, Kyron. It's fine. So No. The I don't know is... if we will. We'll see. We'll oh. see. Because, like, we're an hour and... Nearly an hour and a half in now. Yeah. The, the main takeaway is it's free. Go and play Doki Doki Literature Club. If you have listened to this, I'm sorry. We warned you. You need one of those, like, neuralizer things from Men in Black. Yeah, to just erase your memory and go back and play it. Because I, nothing this year has, the closest I can think to like, like, I want this game to be my best moment of 2017. Yeah. It was so unique in all the ways it just sort of messed with you and the little things here and there. And like, when you go back and you realize that all those glitches and errors is Monica, like editing the game on the fly. Yep. And that's why characters are breaking and glitching and, freaking out it's just and like oh when the, yeah when a little the little debug opens up in the top left and you can see her deleting stuff it's just oh. and like actually deleting files because i think if you go yeah. and try to find them they're not there it, mm. yeah so i checked when she said she deleted those two characters i remembered seeing a characters file like folder i went in and opened it and it was like literally the only character in there was monica and i was like i wonder if yep. it's always been like that i checked later like because you can, I think if you delete the first run file, you can yeah. start a fresh save. Yeah, and it, when you uh, start up, yeah. it's like, do you want, do you want to start again? And it, it knows if you delete that file, that file, it goes, all right, do you want to continue from where you were or do you want to start again? You're like, well, I don't want to go back into a fucking endless loop with Monica again. So yes, I would like to start over afresh. Yes, um, fresh save, please. Yeah. And then if you, uh, yeah, you check there and like all four characters are in there and you're just like, oh my God, she, she deleted them. The, the funny flip side of this is, like, Monica's desire to, like, be with you and see the world and all that has just led to some interesting stuff on the Reddit. Like, people were, like, posting image files. Like, I copied Monica onto a USB and took her on a trip with me. I'm like, sure, why not? <laughs> sure. Let's, make, let's, let's let Monica be happy. Because let's be honest here. Monica came through for you in the end. That's in a true. weird way. Yeah. She... I, I, I saw someone, I think, in one of the Steam forums. She put... Po- um, They'd screen capped Monica when she's staring at you and made it their desktop wallpaper. I'm like, no, never. I saw someone do that with a di- one of those digital photo frames. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh fuck that shit. Fuck that noise. It it's just such a special game, it's such a unique game. It is. It really is. It's I was, biggest surprise of twenty twenty seventeen for sure. I wanna I wanna watch everyone who hasn't played it play it i know i i pushed my houseplate to play it so much and then i just spent last night on the couch just like watching (laughs) it's like look look how weird look at what is happening here and all's just i was like so good i was like i don't have anyone i could do that to i could make ash play it i'm gonna make ash play it she's not home right now i'm gonna make her play it it's a visual novel i'll be able to swing it Obviously, oh, she likes geez. visual novels. She played fucking Hat of a Boyfriend like it was no one's business. Like, it's fun. You'll, you'll be fun. Except, just ignore that warning at the start. Yeah, don't worry about that. That's just, it's, it's precautionary. It's fine. Like, you know, it, it's not even that bad. I play, I played it, and I, I don't like horror games. So it's not even a horror game. So I, I played it, and it's fine. 
Oh, Karen. Oh, any closing thoughts on, on Doki Doki Literature Club? My closing thought is what I said earlier. There's nothing out there like it. It is. It does feel like the undertale of the visual novel genre, which I wish I could say that about more games. Mm-hmm. It, it it clearly sort of gets that genre and just messes with it in all the ways that I appreciated. Even if I don't play many visual novels, like I, you can still pick up on things here and there, even from just watching anime, like a lot of the tropes and stuff. Yeah, like anime and, and, and even like JRPGs as well, like something like Persona yeah. Five, which is like like half visual novel anyway. It is half visual novel. Yes, that's yeah. true. So, so yeah, it's just please, please play it. This game is something. Yeah, that's all I can really. That's my non-spoiler description. Doki Doki Literature Club is something that you should play. Yep. No, I, I, I also back that up. And also, I would just like to say thank you, Lauren, for bringing it to my attention. And also, fuck you, Lauren, for bringing it to my attention. <laughs> because yeah, now I, I, am, I, I am a messed up human being now. I think I heard about it indirectly from Lauren as well. But I saw someone from IGN. I think it was Lucy O'Brien, maybe. Oh, uh, okay. She posted a tweet, which is basically just like, so Doki Doki Literature Club is basically the Metal Gear Solid of visual novel games. I was just like, well, I've got to play this game. I've got to uh, yep. play this. i got to see what this is about. And Accurate. No regrets, except for all the regrets I have. Uh, special times with special anime friends. Oh, boy, Karen. <laughs> the other sort of anime friends. Oh, yeah. Not the Persona ones. Not the Persona ones. It's like the complete fucking opposite of Persona. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so after, after talking about uh, Doki Doki Literature Club... For quite a long time, um, we uh, we did have some news topics to talk about this week, but I don't think we're going to bother. It's nothing crazy. It's just uh, it would just be us getting mad at EA again. You guys know the drill with that. It's not fun. So it's not. It it's just not. makes me furious. Yeah, yeah, and not in the the good Doki Doki Literature Way Club. Uh, I have I have no new opinions to offer on the EA stuff because I agree with what everyone else is saying. Pretty much, yeah. Like basically what we said last week uh, when when um because we, we missed it, the, the whole storm when I was overseas. Uh, it, it's, if you want to know our opinion, basically look at most media outlets. Um, it's pretty much how we feel, uh, and most people yeah. in general. So I don't think there's anyone out there that's sort of like defending them, really. But no, I don't we, think so. We thought we'd jump into, uh, because we're going to have a lot of new stuff next week because it's going to be Game Awards time. So we thought we'd jump into some questions because we've got a few really good ones this week. Uh, and so we thought we might just... Uh, round out the show with some nice questions and get us back to a, a nice, happy, feel-good place after yes. after that. So, our first question comes from uh, Mr. Broderick Gordes, uh, the host of, uh, of the Hunting Seasons podcast. Uh, Brod and his co-host Damask do an amazing show about uh, TV series where they uh, watch a TV series but they and they break it down and analyse it one season at a time. So... Uh, it's really, really good. Uh, the first one they ever did was Breaking Bad, which is a really good listen. Um, they've recently done Stranger Things 1 and 2. I think the most recent one was The Punisher, I believe. Um, I think that was their most recent one they popped out. Yeah, um, I mean, they've, they've been live-tweeting pretty extensively about The Punisher, so... <laughs> yeah, they have. It's been very funny. Um, but yeah, they do an amazing, amazing work. They know their shit, like, very, very much so. They are very knowledgeable on the topics that they talk about and uh they are definitely worth a listen if especially if you're interested in like a, a television series 
uh, and popular television series as well. They do some really, really good stuff. Lots of things that I really like to, to watch. Um, and it's cool too because it's like a book club where you can like watch, you can sort of see what the episode is and then go, oh, I haven't watched that. And you could watch that season in a week and then listen to their episode. Um, it's really cool. So highly recommend that one. But Broderick asks us, Nintendo have gone bankrupt and are selling off all their IPs. Mario, Zelda, Metroid, Kirby, Pokemon. Who should get each franchise and why? So I have a question. Nintendo as a publisher or Nintendo as like the whole company? It would have to be Nintendo in general, honestly. Otherwise it wouldn't be someone off their IPs. (laughs) Yeah. So are we selling these to like Sony or Microsoft or are we selling these to other developers? I I assume you're shopping around publishers to to own the IP rights, which can include Sony and Microsoft, but I assume other ones such as like Bandai Namco and Capcom and all those guys. That's what I thought. I just wanted to to clarify where we were sitting on the situation, but uh, just wanted to make sure. Cool. All right. So where do we start with this one? This is a... It's hard because... I think the obvious one to get picked first is... Zelda. I think Zelda gets purchased immediately. Yeah, I think especially after the year it's had, uh, with like the reinvention yeah. of Zelda, essentially. Um, yeah, I think if it would happen tomorrow, that would yeah be the first one that people would want to get their their mitts on. Um, but who who gets it? I mean, it's gonna. It's basically becoming like dream development. I would probably say. I don't know, like. Zelda itself was reinvented this year. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't... I mean, honestly, my answer for all of this is I don't want any of these games not ba- made by Nintendo. <laughs> oh, I have, yeah. I have oh. zero interest in that. Absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. What about... What about... <laughs> He's the same answer we give for everything. What about a Naughty Dog Zelda game? No. No? Okay. Fair nah, enough. I don't think... I, in my opinion, the Zelda games... I don't know. I don't think that style mat like gels very well. Okay, just yeah. because Zelda's about adventures and dungeons and all that, and like Naughty Dog have good like world design. It looks gorgeous. Yeah, they. I don't think they'd make. They might make okay dungeons, but they're not renowned for their puzzle mechanics. Sometimes in yeah. the Uncharted games, they become more of a nuisance than anything. I would say. Uh, I don't know. Zelda's a hard one. Like <laughs> the lazy answer is just, hey, give it to Gorilla. <laughs> Since they made Horizon this year, they could probably handle a Zelda. Yes. Yes. Very, very good choice. Gorilla would make a very good Zelda game. It just feels like the easy out, but like for Zelda, I don't know, like I look at I look at all the developers that could make a Zelda game and I I there's one studio in particular that I was like, hey, you could pick these guys, but I have another one of these IPs for them. So I doubt that's not they're not getting Zelda. Yeah, right. Um, I think I think two years ago, like I would have laughed in your face if I, if you'd said that to me. Like it's insane. But after playing Horizon Zero Dawn, one hundred percent, I think they they sort of made their own version of Zelda, really, with Horizon. And they did essentially, um, like. which is and it's very good. Um, it you know, I think Zelda is a better game, but I think the story that they told in Horizon was very very good, um, impressive if not. So I think, yeah, that's a really good choice. I think, yeah, give it to them. Fuck yeah, that'd be really good. Um, I don't know who else I'd probably pick. 
You've nailed it with uh, Gorilla. You've nailed it with Gorilla. I tell you who gets Pokemon, and it's, I don't know if it's going to be a very popular answer. <laughs> okay, it's Tencent. <laughs> oh shit! And, and they just make Pokemon into a unstoppable mobile phone juggernaut. Oh shit! Yeah. Fuck. And then they stop making other games because that just funds them for the rest of their life. <laughs> yep, yep. They buy out fucking um, Niantic. Niantic buy out like Game Freak slash Pokemon Company. Yep, because Tencent can afford it for God's Ooh, sake. They have yeah. so much money. I mean, these are the guys who just announced not one but two mobile PUBG games. Two, not to not to mention their their, their stakes in like Epic Games mm-hmm. and um, Activision Blizzard and Riot. The guys who make League of Legends, like oh. Yeah. They could probably afford to buy all these IPs off Nintendo. <laughs> That's a good idea. I like that. I mean, it's not a good idea, but it's a logical idea. <laughs> it's a logical idea. Um Alright. Kirby. Who do you give oh. Kirby I don't know. Where, where does Kirby go? Like, I honestly want to say mobile for Kirby as well. Oh, no, I've got it. The fucking who are the guys that made Cuphead? Oh, Studio M... Yeah, it, M- it, it's... MDR, it's, MHDR, something like yeah, that. Yeah, MHDR, that's the one. Um, something like that. Give it, like, Yeah, give me like a fucking Kirby game that's like Cuphead style. Uh, that they, cool. They make good plat- like side-scrolling platformers as well, essentially, um, with some interesting mechanics. So I think that'd be cool. And they do really cool stuff with like wacky, interesting visual art styles, which I think is what Kirby sort of like really leans into. Well, we did get Kirby's Epic Yarn and the drawing one and exactly, all sorts yeah. of weird Kirby games. And the, yeah, the, 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 the putty-looking one, the, the claymation yeah, I think that was, one. Yeah, that was like the rainbow something. Rainbow, rainbow curse. The, the Wii U one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be, I, I think they'd do some really cool, some cool shit like that with them. Who do you give Mario to? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a big one. Oh... Because I still am of the opinion that Nintendo are the best in in the biz at platformers. Yeah. Give and it, Give it to Team Meat. Give it to Yacht Club. Oh, no, that's it. Give it to Yacht Club. Fucking oath. They've got enough money to buy it. Fuck it. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> give it to Yacht Club. Yeah. <laughs> Shuffle Knight was a success. They can afford Mario. That's fine. Yeah. Hell yeah. No, I think that's... Yeah, give it to Yacht Club. Because, I mean, Yacht Club themselves... I don't think they make spectacular platforming games, but I think they do the that era. Yeah, they encap they they well they take what uh, is good about that that type of era of games and and what encapsulated them to be so good, and they put it into their own sort of own narrative and their own setting and their own world that they've built over numerous games just... now. So. Because you're in a hard spot, because you, I cannot think of anyone who would make a better Mario game than Nintendo, so you kind of got to go for the, pers- the, the studio or the developer who would do it the most... Ju- like, if you could, like, invent a time machine and go back, like, about, let's say, let's say, like, 15 years, and save Rare from destroying itself, oh, then you yeah. give it to Rare. Yep. But in its current form, Rare couldn't do it, and I don't honestly think... Platonic could either because 
Bledung's good. Ukulele was okay, but I not not enough to give him the Mario. It was series. a good like, jumping not... off point for them and, and getting back into yeah, the swing like, of things. I, I'm excited to see I'm what not... they do next. To be fair, I'm excited to play uh, Ukulele when it finally comes out in two weeks on the Switch. I keep forgetting I haven't played it yet. I'm really interested, like, yeah. with the essentially like six or seven months it's had in everyone, else, in everyone else's hands. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I'm and, super keen and considering for that it, it's, it's evolved even since it launched as well, it's had a lot more patches and a lot more things added to it. Um, I'm curious to see if it, if it fixes my basic problem with the game. Yeah. Which was? I oh, just said I felt like it was a cool homage, but it brought nothing new to the table. Right. Okay. And it's cool to do a homage. You can do that, but I didn't feel like there was any new ideas there that really was just like beyond the, it's like Banjo-Kazooie. Right. There was no but. It's like, it's like Banjo-Kazooie, but this. It's like, no, it's it's like Banjo-Kazooie. There you go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it was true. fun. It was fine, but I just I wasn't compelled to finish it or Who, who's the team play that did um past like I think the third or fourth world. I just kind of was like, okay, I've, I've seen what I need to see of this game, which sucks because I was really keen for it. I backed it. I still had fun, so I have no regrets. But it's just I want to see them do something more with the sequel, and then maybe come back to this question oh, after yeah. that. I'll be like, yeah, give them Mario, but like. I just don't know. I think I just want your club because I love your club. Right, right. But who gets Metroid, Karen? Can I just give it to Retro? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, nah, it's no, nah, nah. I, I won't, I won't be cheated like that. All right, but okay. I will, I will give it to my other favorite studio. Mm-hmm. I'll give it to From Software. <laughs> oh shit! Oh my god! It, I, Make me a. Like, because they clearly get world design. Play Dark Souls One. That That's very the true. Theory, like the the world design that is so good, the way it twists and turns around on itself. Throw onto that like a Metroid game as hard as a Dark Souls game and as well designed as a Dark Souls game, and that could be their opportunity to apply that design style to a sci-fi genre game. I I yeah okay. I'm listening. Um, I'm just imagining like. Fucking in my head, I'm imagining like Samus running around, and it's just that fucking like epic, like abrasive score from like any Dark Souls game. <laughs> just like big choirs screaming at you as like fucking Samus is fighting Ridley. Oh, yeah, I could get behind that. See, I was gonna say Platinum, Platinum's cool as well because I do like, I know like, not everyone's a fan of the action style stuff that seeped into Samus Returns yep. from other M, but I kind of liked it. I like Samus being a fucking badass bounty hunter who can kick ass. Absolutely. I have no real issues with it. And after so I would be okay with Platinum. If it was like a like a Nia Automata style game where at certain points there was like bullet helly parts where you had to like use the blaster and shoot like enemies and stuff like that and go to like top down and the side platforming view. Like, yeah. Yeah, that, I, I'd be keen for that. There's potential there for sure. Yeah, fucking oh man, Platinum Games. Yes, Platinum and From. Fuck yeah, get them, get those two to join forces. Get them on the horn. <laughs> get them on the horn with each other. Conference call. Conference call from Software and Platinum Games. Yep, yep, done. Make wonderful creations together. <laughs> yeah, that also include a new Metroid game. We get we get a new Metro game. We're getting a new Metro game, Joel. We, we just did. had a new Metro game. I keep thinking about it. 
we went from zero Metroids to two Metroids this year. Are we going to see it next week? Are we going to see it next week in some way, shape, or form at the game? In my in my dreams, yes, but I feel like I think we see it in January. I don't know. I just maybe maybe a teaser, maybe maybe a very brief teaser, like it's a shot and Samus walks into it, and then maybe looks at the camera. Well, even that, all we've got to see is see a silhouette and you know. Uh, and in, it says, like, more information in January. Yeah. In my mind, see, in my mind, it kind of makes sense for them to show something at the Game Awards because Nintendo were going to be there because two of their games are nominated for Game of the Year and have a very yes. good chance of winning Game of the Year. So Nintendo's going to be there. Reggie's going to be there, right? He's probably going to have a fucking Samus pin and he's going to be loving life. He's going to walk out. It's going to be a short tease, I agree. In my mind, it's like very similar to the, what we got with the, the just the, the logo, but instead of the logo, we get like the camera like turns into like her visor, and it like boots up, and then you just see like out into like a like a, some sort of like vista, and that's where it cuts. Yeah, that would be fucking hype as shit. I, oh, I must be man. honest, like. Oh. Metroid Samus Returns is winning best handheld. It's yep. just a matter of whether that's presented on stream or if it's like a side award. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I mean, I, I, there's there's probably like sixty percent of me that's like it's probably not going to happen. But that forty percent is like I think it's it could we could see it. It's tough because we have no clue how fine to development it is. Like it was yeah. revealed in June, and it was a it was a logo. And that's exciting, but and they're like, yeah, we've got a new team in the Nintendo Studios in like in Kyoto, I think it was. And it's like, okay, who, how? It's from you software. Honestly just be... Karen, it's from software. <laughs> from software's doing something. They were on the splash screen for the Switch. Okay, look, it all it's, makes sense. It's a thing that's been like people in certain circles going, but what if from software was making a Metroid game? Yeah, and hey, I would love that, but i I don't want, I don't know, I don't know. Fucking Half Life Three, thing is we're getting Half-Life 3 a new confirmed. A new new Metro made by from software by Valve by Valve. <laughs> Star, it's it's a it's a buddy comedy with Gordon Freeman. <laughs> I, I mean, hey, it's Metro Prime Four. It's not the number three. They can probably handle four because they left four dead, so they can probably handle it. Karen, I can see, I can see the fucking the the the, the poster for it now. It's like Samus with a baby Metroid, and then Gordon Freeman with a fucking like a uh, face hugger like a head crab <laughs> oh god yeah just like oh god and they're like like one hand's holding their specific like creature and the other one's giving a thumbs up towards the camera and they're back to back and it's now a sitcom <laughs> wow this evolved <laughs> it did my mind went my mind went a little bit wild oh <laughs> jesus um <laughs> but uh yeah all right well thank you very much for your question bro I, uh, we really enjoyed that one. Yeah. As, as, Although, last bit, that's a dark world to live in. Though. Exactly, it's yeah. painted. As, as, as awful as it is to think about that kind of situation. Yeah, well. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. Are we moving on to our next question now from Mr. Brendan Hill? And Brendan asks us, Nintendo is about to stave off bankruptcy by opening Amiibos to non-Nintendo IPs. They don't even have to be Switch games. What's the dream franchise, and what individual is in the most demand? 
This is a very fucking bleak question segment. We, we, we were going to questions to avoid the bleakness. It's okay. Sean's got our, Sean has our last question. He he brings it back. That's, that's right. Yeah, it's very true. Um, okay, so Nintendo's going out of business again. Um, Jeez, hard, hard luck. And I, the Switch was doing really well. I'm I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, honestly, I didn't see that, this coming. After that first year, they just dropped off, and nothing else happened. After after they put out Xenoblade, they were like, "Well, we're out of games." Yep. <laughs> pack up, pack it up, boys. We're going home. Um, and out of business. And out of business. Yeah. If you've got a home to go to now. Um, alrighty, so, non-Nintendo IPs for Amiibo. Where do you start with this one? I mean, the obvious answer. I mean, I don't know, like, I don't think, I don't know. Do you just bring back Disney Infinity because Disney is hot shit and, like, they sell about as well as Infinity did? And they own lots of different franchises, yeah. If they released like, a fucking line of Pixar Amiibo, you, I will fucking sell both my kidneys. I don't need them, but I need those Amiibo. Wait a second. You, you no, at least need one of those it. kidneys. No. All right, Joel. No. Okay. I just live on dialysis for the rest of my life. <laughs> I just stare it's at my, great, it's an... stare at my fucking Disney Pixar Amiibos. And Not I'm a like, great hey, way to live, but hey, you do you. You do you. It's to infinity and beyond. Anyway. No, fuck yeah, that's I'd I'd be on board for that. Oh yeah, um, I don't know, like, cause I my my dream one is like, I don't know, I don't think I have a dream one really. Okay. I mean, they were cool, but I like them because there's nothing else like that for Nintendo stuff. I okay, so it's not quite video game related, but we get a line of Studio Ghibli. Fucking so we go Japanese Disney. <laughs> Japanese we Disney. get Japanese Disney ones, which yeah, so like you know, you get a fucking little calcifier, you get a little fucking soot orb, you get those little green glowy like forest spirits from fucking um, Princess Mononoke. You get all that shit. You have all those. You have like fucking old and young Sophie from Howl's. Like you get all the variants. You get the fucking cat from the Cat Returns. I can't remember his name, even though it's my favorite. I'd probably buy them. Actually, you know who would buy them? My wife would buy those. That's we'd have those in our house. They'd sit next to the Disney Pixar ones. Yeah. I I guess if I had to think think of anything, it's purely because again, like I said, like the main thing I like about the Nintendo amiibo is because I can't have like not every single amiibo that I have exists in a nice statue. Like that's true. I have the Samus Amiibo, but I also have some really nice Samus Figmas mm-hmm. and stuff. So, you know, I was like, that's covered. But so that's why my mind went to the next option for me would be probably Overwatch, purely because Ooh, yeah. I don't want to pay 500 bucks for a Blizzard statue. I would love to have that money to yeah. buy like that $600, $700 Diva statue. That's never happening. I, almost I could, bought... however, mm. spring for like a $25 Diva Amiibo. I almost bought a Tracer Nanodroid when I was in Japan, and I'm sort of kicking myself I didn't because it was about $35. Which I saw it today at EB Games, and it was 99 And I was like, that's more than half price. <laughs> Fuck. Welcome anyway. to uh, being a fan of Jap- Japanese stuff in Australia. Yeah, it's the worst. Um, yeah, no, I think yeah, I think you're right. Overwatch, Blizzard in general. Um, yeah, it's true. You could do like go into Diablo and Starcraft and Warcraft and all that. Yep. Um, 
and um, yeah, no, I think that'd be that'd be awesome. Uh, because of the appeal of the Amiibo is that they're they for the price they are, the quality is quite good. It's gotten better. It wasn't perfect at launch. True. <laughs> I think we true. all remember the Marth face. Oh yeah, I remember the Marth face. Um, derpy Marth. Yeah, they've gotten better though, mm. and yeah, that's why that's why I was struggling a bit because I would have suggested like I would love to. I was like, oh, I could get some some Dragon Ball ones, but I've got some fucking sweet freezer things already that are just yeah. like poseable figures. Same for I, like, yeah, like Attack on Titan. I was like, oh yeah, no, I've got like a sweet Mika server I can fully pose, and it is incredibly detailed, and it was reasonably priced. I just went to Overwatch, so I was like, all right, what can I get to display from Overwatch? It's nice, uh, like a multi, a several hundred dollar statue. I'm like, yeah, no, it's yeah, Overwatch, Ooh. Overwatch, Amiibo, little small twenty, thirty dollar figures that I can just sit on my shelf. Yes, please. Cool, awesome. Um, yeah, because I mean, if you look at the ones that they've done for like, like the non Nintendo, I guess IPs already. Like you look at the Bayonetta one and the, the Ryu one; they're just the ones that I've got on my shelf. Or the fucking Shovel Knight one, the Cloud Strife one looks Cloud amazing. Strife. Uh, they didn't do the Shovel Knight one, though. Don't forget. Oh, Joel, you've just reminded me. There's more Shovel Knight amiibo coming out. <laughs> oh fuck, there is too. It's King Knight, isn't it? And it's, yeah, Knight. it's King Knight, and Plague Knight, and Spectre Knight. <laughs> fuck. fuck. Thanks for the reminder, Joel. I've got a pre-order of those. Um. But yeah, I, I think because Shovel Knight was like Nintendo was like, "Hey, you can do an amiibo," but didn't they roll it off of the Infinity production line? Oh, or something like that. I can't remember. I think you might be right. There was something wasn't, like that that it wasn't made. It by wasn't Nintendo. made by Nintendo. It was just like authorized. Yeah, Nintendo like gave them like the rights to use the packaging and like the the technology, I guess, in the base and yeah, exactly. and made them Nintendo compatible. As yeah, amiibo. and like they had like the, the the amiibo packaging and all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I mean that they were slightly bigger too. The shovel nut one's slightly bigger than yes. Um, it's got a, it's got a unique base as well because it's shovel nut. It does. Yeah. Um. Oh man. Just yeah, just do all of them. Just do everything ever. Just make them the new pop vinyls and make them better. Yeah, I don't like pop vinyls. The only pop vinyls I like, I I've been given like two or three for my birthday from like co-workers and I think it's just because pop finals exist partially because it's like oh this person sort of likes pop culture stuff yep and there's like six billion to choose from so and they're cheap they're, like they're cheap they're and, cheap and some of them are okay like your diva is pretty fucking cool the fact that she, it's like a little tiny diva that sits in her mech that, that's cool yeah I've got diva I was given a Marjorie Tyrell one yep. it's okay it's Marjorie Tyrell it's fine exactly I'll take it um, but yeah, like, I would much prefer having just everything be Amiibos over Pop Vinyl for sure. <laughs> mm. They don't even have to work in games. They just have to be this, this is the same style just, of statue. Just just a little, like, $20, $30 statue. Just do that. Make, we're, we're getting dangerous because this could really just be like, Japan, just make gachas of everything. I was just, just about to say that. Gacha of that. I was like, just make them, like, $15 gachas. Fucking yeah, let's do it. And you get... <laughs> let's do it. Let's go bankrupt. Yep. But the fucking, that's where I live my... I I danced with the Gacha Fire when I was over in Japan, and let me tell you, if I lived there, oh boy, I would never have any change. I on the just, streets, I would live on the streets. Yeah, I live on the streets. I'd be surrounded by fucking cats in boxes. And Karen, I got a fuck. Do you know what I got? One of the gadgets I got 
is literally a samurai duck. It's a duck that's got like a little mustache, like a little like a ponytail, and he's got like a little straw hat, and he's like dressed as a samurai. It, it's just a duck samurai. I don't know why, but I bought it, and it's awesome, and I love it. When my housemate was over there, he got me a, a uh, Fire Emblem gacha, Fuck and it's yeah. like one of the little Pegasus knights, and I was like, this is beautiful, I love it. <laughs> I bought figures that were in gachas. I paid money for them. I paid more than I would have paid in the gacha machine for them. I have a resay that's on my keyring now that's a gacha. I swear it's a gacha one. And I paid <laughs> probably about three times as much as I would have paid for it if I got it out of a gacha machine. So make everything gacha. Yep. Essentially. Done. Amiibo gacha. Oh, fuck. That's a dangerous fucking world. It is. It's a terrible, ter- it's a terribly dangerous world to live in. It's awesome, but it's dangerous. You could sell your Overwatch ones in loot boxes. <laughs> oh, instead of little capsules there. Oh, yes. Why aren't there fucking blind box ones like that? Because it's da- it's bad. It's dangerous. Don't do it's it. True. Yeah, it's gambling. Let's not do it. <laughs> Let's not go down that rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> that rabbit hole is where the 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 industry has lived for like the last month. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And you know we we've hardly talked about it. We've talked about it in the past. Yeah, like. that's the thing because like we we talked about it at the start. Then you went to Japan and you got back and it was like, well, everyone agrees it's bad and Every, evil. Everyone hates loot boxes. It's like, all right, cool. I I mean, I've got nothing to contribute to this. So sure, one yeah. yeah ev- everyone everyone is correct. <laughs> Everyone's right. Like you know, if I was here, I would have said the same thing. It's fine. Um. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, Brendan, for your question. Even though, again, we went to a dark... This is a dark episode, Karen. It is dark. It's a really dark episode. From about, like, 40 minutes in to now, it's just... It's dark. Oh, boy. Um, So, guess last question will pick us up. Hopefully. Yeah, let's do it. So, our last question comes from the one, the only, Mr. Sean Kirkpatrick. The wonderful, wonderful, wonderful human being and lovely person that we both think is fantastic. He designed all our uh, graphic design work for all our social media stuff. He drew that amazing picture of us. He's just an excellent person. Um, I He's great. He's a really, really awesome person, and we love him very, very much. Uh, an asker of a million questions. Uh, if, and I mean that in a good way. It, it sounded very very like, like negative the way I said that, but I did not mean it that way. Um, we want questions. He brings us questions. We do, yeah. And he gets mad when we forget to ask him. So it's you know it's totally fair. Um, but Sean asks us this week: the Switch has well and truly killed it in its first year. From your perspectives, what is the reason it was so successful? Um, and I think we've said this multiple times this year since getting our Switches. I think the reason it's so successful is it does what it said it would do, and it does it well. Yeah. From the initial reveal, like, late last year, where I remember watching it going, this seems cool, but is it really going to work like that? I'll believe I it when I Wii see U. it, yeah. And then we got Switches, and I was like, no, they were right. This yeah. this is genius. Like, what kind the of... very first reveal trailer showed what it could do, and then it did it out of the box. And it does it almost exactly the same as it does in those videos. Like, it's 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 insane. Like, it's, it's yes. the, the purest form of advertisement that you can get. It's like, cool, yeah, so you just plug it into this little dock and it comes on your TV, and you're like, yeah, all right, but what's the, what's the loading time? There's no loading time. The only loading time is for your dumb TV to catch up. That's the only time it has to load. Um, and even then, it's usually pretty quick. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just the same amount of time it would take to change from, like, a, um, whatever um, input channel that you've got on your TV. So how I remember it, trying to... 
to navigate the Wii U mm. and how slow it was and oh garbage. God. And like it took like a million years to start up and then and then it to was, do anything. And and then it just had like no games. So that's what I was gonna say. My second thing that I think is obviously a reason for a success is like Nintendo had like a nearly a game a month, and if they didn't make it, they were involved in it, like uh-huh. the Mario and Rabbids stuff, or even honestly, even Skyrim. Yep. Putting the the Zelda like the Link outfit in there was a neat step, and and even and even with like like Nintendo supportive indies as well, like aggressively yes. supporting indies and and just opening it and making it. It must be so easy to develop, like to 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 develop for because everyone is like yeah we're getting in on the switch like square enix are it's, like aggre- so i've like aggressively are targeting the switch now they're like we, we want everything on the switch old new the works we're putting it on there i mean it the switch blew up yeah and the black friday sales in japan i think it's getting close to beating the ps4's current life sales like wow. it's kicking goals the switch is just kicking goals and i don't know if we'll see an exact repeat of the Wii era I think and like I guess the other thing is like when it was when the Wii was out it got buried in shovelware and like yeah poorly put together third third party studio ports because it the gap was big between it and the other consoles the gap between the Switch and I would say Xbox One X and PS4 Pro is significant but I think gamers are more willing to to take those hits, like with Doom, like with Skyrim, yep. and LA Noir and all that, because of the portability, because you can play it off of your TV. And you know what, Joel? As an adult, that's really handy because I'm not always at my TV. <laughs> oh, yeah. And sometimes when I'm at my TV, I want to have something on my TV while I'm playing video games. That's the big one for me. So like, like Being able to sit back and just like, cool, I'm playing Mario on the couch while I've got a podcast playing in the background. I'm just doing like see for me cleaning up stuff, uh, cleaning up moons in like post game stuff. So, oh, I love it. For me, it's a, it's that extra hour I can sneak in in the mornings and the nights. Like, <laughs> yep, yeah, no, that's like, it. You'll be sitting there. You'll wake up in the morning before the switch and go. Well, I've got to be at work. I've got to get ready for work in like an hour and a half. It's like, well, there's no point getting up and switching on my TV and sitting down and all that. But if the switch is right there next to your bed, you just pick it up press the power like wake it back up from sleep mode and pop into the game you're yep. in and you're done you're in just oh or, or, or the, like i i finished mario odyssey like i saw credits of mario odyssey while i was sitting in a hotel room in tokyo like that was fucking awesome that's it, it that's like the epitome of perfect it was like my third last second or third last oh no i think it was like my second or third day in tokyo and i was like this is great I finished fucking, like, I'm in the home of Nintendo and I've finished this game. Like, that's awesome. It's just bonkers good. You fucking want to play multiplayer? Oh, look, with the PlayStation, it only comes with one controller. The game comes bundled with two controllers. It, that, that's fucking awesome. Like, it's so good. Yeah. I, it all comes down to this. The Switch, you look at the Switch, you can... You understand what it does, and it just does that. Yeah. Like, the box has a picture of it playing on a TV in the dock and then playing in your hands, and it just does it. Yep. It's simple. It's easy. Yep. And I think the other thing, too, you were saying about the Wii being, like, just, like, piled on with shovelware. I think the Switch, like, Nintendo have realized that instead of going down that cheap route, they could go down the Indies route, which is also quite a cheap way to go, 
but there's also a lot more meaningful stuff there that people want to play. So it's sort of the best there... of both worlds. There are some other contributing factors as well. Apparently, I mean, there's a couple of Jim Sterling videos about this where he talks about like the situations with Steam and all that, and he talks to some he talked to some indies about getting their games on Switch, and not to generalize all of them, but a couple of ones he talked to definitely mentioned that Steam is just garbage to put your game on right now because right. of all the green light and like how much crap gets auto approved and put on their store. A couple of them said that Sony's just generally uninterested, and but Microsoft apparently has stuff in the pipeline. But like Nintendo's got it's a new audience, new platform, hungry gamers wanting more games, and it just makes sense. Especially when like that was one of the things when like you saw when that first the Switch got first announced, and you saw the video, and you saw it working, and you're like, okay, that's how it works. And then you see it in videos of people actually doing it in real life, and you're like, oh, it's legitimately like that. And then that's not. That's not good ourselves though. The HD Rumble stuff, whilst good in practice, was terrible in the in terrible in that before in that like reveal. Oh, absolutely, that was awful. But like, yeah, once you get your hands on it, and you're like, there are some games where it's like, this is actually fucking great. Like Mario Odyssey, when you get on the scooter in New Dong City, yeah, and you accelerate, like you can feel it. It feels like you're holding on to like the handlebars of a, of a of a scooter, and you can feel like the the engine rumbling through your hands. It's it's really special um it is it's cool yeah but then the, the next thing was like they hadn't announced any games for it and nobody believed that there was going to be any games for it and now look there's like every week there's at least like 12 13 games being added to the store well and while i not still all of them remember good, but you know i remember the reveal event and i remember them showing the xenoblade trailer and going this game is coming out this year no one believed him at sitting on your switch Everyone's right like, now yeah sure it is i'm like i sit here now and yeah i was playing it about three hours ago fighting a boss and i was just like the game came out they did it yep before this game from monolith soft it'll probably be an like a hundred hours long yep. and they got it out this year it's insane nuts so, so yeah. i'm super excited to see what their ip lineup is like next year which hopefully very we'll get a taste of it very soon but um yeah, like, I think that's why there's just been so many contributing factors um, have worked in Nintendo's favour for this thing to be an absolute runaway success. And I'm so glad it is, because it is such a special little machine, and I love it so much. Nintendo deserves this success. They like, do. They, di- they deserve their failure for the Wii U, and they deserve the success for the Switch. Absolutely, yep. Because yep. they went back and they made a, a goddamn a platform, a console, that did what it was meant to do at the box with little effort. Yep. And people might say, oh, but look, the online this and all this other stuff. And it's like, well, no, they didn't talk about that. They still haven't talked about it, but granted. But no, they didn't focus it's, on it's that. It's an issue. The things that they said that it would do, it does. And that, I think, alone in this day and age is very, very powerful. Um, so kudos to Let's that. Let's be honest here, like, I mean, I shouldn't get a pass on the online stuff, God no. but I use my Switch to play single player, so it's not really an issue for me. That too. And like the, like local multiplayer, like if we were to hang out and like play a couple of rounds of Mario yeah. Kart or something, like that kind of stuff. Um, I'll, I will be the first to like tear these guys to the ground when Smash comes out on it and plays like garbage online. Oh, Don't yeah. get me wrong, I will be. Oh yeah, but, but that's the thing though. Like in that in that reveal, they show people like playing together and like doing local multiplayer and stuff like that. 
And it does. It works like that. So again, that's another thing that they show. They're like, this is how it'll work. And it does. So. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Nintendo, bless you. For now. Thank you, Sean, for reminding us that they haven't, in fact, gone bankrupt. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They haven't gone bankrupt. And you've ended this episode on a really nice, jolly note of us getting to talk about how good the Switch is again. Um, and we should probably finish it with our catchphrase as well, which is put everything on the Switch. Um, uh, yeah, get get Atlas on the horn get, and get Persona 5 on the Switch. Get, who was it in my Doki Doki Literature Club? Just put that on the oh, Switch. T- team, team, I don't know. I don't, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not saying anything else. Like, I don't think it would work on Switch. No, I that's all I'll so. say. I don't think it will. Well, yeah. Get... Get Game Grumps and get Dream Daddy on Fucking the Switch. Yes, get Dream Daddy on the Switch. Get that new cat dating game. Get that on the Switch. By the way, Kyron, there's that... a new cat dating game, and I want to play it. As I say, there's a game also coming out where you, it's like a, a dungeon crawler dating sim where you get to date your weapons, and they're like what? attractive anime characters. What? <laughs> How you, have you not heard of this? I'll find the link oh, to it like, after. Kyron, let's wrap this episode up because I want to go look that up. Um, <laughs> holy shit! <laughs> um, thank you so much for your Looks question, amazing. Sean. Uh, you've uh, yeah, finished our episode on a nice, bright note, and now we get to go look at an awesome dungeon crawling dating sim. So fuck yeah! Um, awesome. I think it's an episode, Kyra. Well and truly. All right, let's wrap this one up then, and we can think happy thoughts instead of about other stuff that we discussed earlier. Oh boy! Which again, go go play it if you haven't. Please tell me you skipped it if you haven't played it yet and want to play it yes uh as always though we'd like to thank you for listening to this week's episode of dialogue options if you want to keep up with us on the social medias you can find us on both facebook and twitter if you just search for dialogue options we will pop up specifically on twitter we are at dialogue options but you know it's pretty obvious really uh as for myself you can find me on twitter at X. most of my tweets have been about how crushing Christmas is and also how excited I am to have Xenoblade and also just general erratic moments of me getting mad about Shadow of War's storytelling. Oh, so, yep. you know, nice. business as usual, really. Yep, sounds about right. Uh, where can I find you, Joel? Uh, you can find me at Jolly Mac, uh, where I've been tweeting... <laughs> the last thing I tweeted about was, uh, was Tokyo Tokyo Literature Club. Um... But yeah, there's been some funny stuff I posted. Uh, I retweeted a tweet from Chrissy Teigen, who's um, uh, John Legend's wife, and she's also like the the, the commentator on Lip Sync Battle as well, uh, and apparently a massive Animal Crossing fan. And she just tweeted out, these pocket Animal Crossing animal people things, they aren't our friends. They're jerks. Who makes certain couch demands before visiting someone's house, then shows a video montage of them sleeping on it. I hate these people. Um... There's also the, the, the bigger question to ask. Why does it take that one guy like seven hours to cook a pizza? That's true. How is he cooking his pizza? Yeah. It's an issue. Oh, it's like slow cooking. S- slow cooked pizza. That's for, for a pizza? Yeah, it's slow cooked pizza. That's where it is. He's cooking it, he's cooking it wrong. Uh, hey, you don't know that. You didn't even try that pizza. It could be the best pizza of your life. I doubt it. Oh, naysayer. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, That's all I've been tweeting about. Okay. Also, before I forget, uh, whatever podcast platform of choice you listen to us on, feel free to chuck us some stars or some thumbs or some shares or whatever it is you do. 
because it helps and we appreciate it. It does. And leave, and... A, leave a little review and say something nice or not nice if that's what you want to do. But, you know, we'd like to focus on the nice stuff. Um, <laughs> but if you honestly have criticisms Maybe... as well, let us know. Yeah, like, obviously, if we're doing something not great, we want to hear what that is so we can do it better. Yep, 100%. Unless unless what you want us to do is to talk about Persona less, and that's, I'm sorry, it's never going to happen. Oh, yeah. Next year, we're getting, we're getting like, two Persona dancing games. We are. Strap yourselves in for that week. Oh, yeah. No storylines, though, Karen. Anyway. But sweet Persona dancing remixes. Fucking yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> anyway... We'll let our wonderful theme song by Azure Flux strike, which is Get Bitches Take Us Out. And we'll catch you guys next week. See ya. Bye.